everybody again and welcome to Thursday Thursday. Um, I'm here again as always with Raven Creed and joining us today, friend of the show, is Mr. Tony Kelly. Tony, how are you doing, boy? I'm doing very well, uh, Mr. Bedlam and Miss Creed. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Good man yourself. Pleasure to have you, Tony. Pleasure to have you. Um, so no one has ever addressed me that politely in my life. Thank you. Well, I don't, I don't traditionally address people that politely usually, so it's, I'm making, oh. a, making a change as well. <laughs> Like we appreciate it. Well, we're all making changes. This is the first sober Thursday Thursday because it's midweek and I got work in the morning, so I'm having a cup of tea. And um, <laughs> we're having a couple of months, kind of monster and um, creedy, creedy pops over there is having a cup of tea as well. I love the way it's disguised as the fact that it's that's why, and it's not just out of respect for my sobriety. Oh, well, that too, yeah. Oh, yes, that's it, yeah. That's it, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. That's it, yeah. I don't mind. That's it. Um, well, I'm not paying for another logo to say tea with Tony. We'll just have to Thursday brackets. None of us were drinking. We never, yeah. we never explicitly said that we're thirsty for alcoholic beverages. Maybe we're just thirsty for any beverage, no? Well, that's it. Like, I mean, I don't drink alcohol, but I drink a hell of a lot of this stuff. Monster Energy, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Yeah, and this week's podcast is sponsored by Monster Energy. Oh, eventually. They'll eventually cop on. You'll eventually get Monster to sponsor you. That's what I want. That's all I want. To be fair, I do think that Monster has the ability to sponsor like fucking 80% of wrestlers worldwide with the amount of fucking Monster that fucking I always see at wrestling shows. It's incredible. Do you think it's a growing problem? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think there's bigger problems out there in the wrestling community than Monster Energy. (laughs) (laughs) I will touch on some of those in, in in a few moments. I am oh, really allowed to touch on those. Am I allowed to give my opinion? Uh, well, there's only yeah, yeah fucking well, yeah. I mean, uh, we might as well dive dive head first into it. The only times I ever drink Monster, by the way, is just once. Normally on the way back from uh, uh, wrestling, if I'm either going up to a show to watch it in Dublin or uh, driving back late at night or wrestling up the north, and we, that's a good segue into the north of Ireland wrestling, um, because you need to fucking get, you need to be awake uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah. you don't really need to be to crash the car and I have one normally if I'm wrestling so. but I, I, I genuinely don't um, I don't uh, I don't drink them normally I used to drink a lot of energy drinks but I was too cheap to buy Monster so I just bought you know the like really shitty ones that you can get in Aldi called like Blue Spark or something for like 50 oh cents. shark oh. Is it, are you yeah. are you dropping shoot bombs already Raven Creed because you know for a fact that's the catering we get at OTT backstage and those are the energy drinks that we get for free wait Free energy drinks backstage and all to be. I was never treated that fucking lovely. Yes, we do. We <laughs> get the, the, those are the, the free energy Blue shark. I wish. Yes. Oh, they just remind me of Jaeger bombs, lads, and I fucking. Uh, no, I used to um, when I was like fifteen or sixteen. I used to be like just open it and drink it in one like gulp, like one mouthful. Um, but then my heart started hurting, so I stopped doing that. Yeah, well, that's usually me in the commentary desk in the stadium uh, when when I start getting too excited and I've drank like a six-pack of them cheap <laughs> energy drinks and about four of these as well. So, I feel you. I always think that wrestlers, they're either addicted to some form of drug, some form of alcohol, or some form of caffeine. So, like tea, coffee, or specifically energy drinks. So, um, you, you pick the nice one. No, I picked all three, Raven, but I've only just... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'm only currently only staying on this one for uh, for for now. <laughs> You're right about that. Like you all, you never see Steve Savage without a without um energy drink. A, a fucking no, a, a Starbucks. 
Ever with the big Starbucks and the cigarettes, like you know, on show day or any day. Well, I mean, I, I, the last, the, the last Phoenix show that I worked on with, with Michael, uh, I saw him with something else in his hand, but uh, that's besides the point. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I don't well, know what it was. Can we edit this out? And can he tell me? <laughs> No, well, like, oh, he just, no, he was, he was drinking, he had a bottle of Corona in his hand, and he, okay. he, uh, myself and Michael had <laughs> just, uh, way worse. myself and Michael had just uh, defeated Terry Thatcher, I believe it was, under acrimonious circumstances, and uh, Steve took exception to it as a fan in the crowd, and tried to square up to me and Michael. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucker. Uh, it was just one of the funniest, it was one of the funniest experiences I've genuinely ever had during a wrestling match, for he sure, to, like. It's really annoying, it's, uh, what did you like, actually do when he squared up? Okay, so well, like we were, we were like we had just screwed over Terry Thatcher, and it was pretty hot. There was a lot of heat, and I had Michael. We we were at the at the the curtain, and we knew that the camera was right in front of us. So I raised Michael Michael's hand as you do. It's manager one hundred and one, and as we turn to walk back through the curtain, I kind of bump into someone, and I just assume it's a fan, and I'm like, get the out of my way and it's Steve Savage and he goes get the hell back there and he squares up to me and Michael like that and I dr- I, I corpse I just lost my character I just started roaring laughing because it was the funniest yes. thing I'd ever seen it was hilarious yeah yeah it's still real to him oh good man it is indeed good man Steve um, he's love back, you Steve he's back training out full time he's in great shape yeah I love Steve and off the drink good man Steve yeah, come here to me. We we can't start because I'm. This is a Wednesday evening on the 13th, and this is going up tomorrow. So this is be happy birthday, ma'am. It's my mommy's birthday is, today. Is it happy birthday, Mrs. Kelly? Oh, it is. I saw that post on Facebook. Actually, so. That's right. Like this is this is pretty current. I mean, normally we record these might be a two or three week break, but uh, this is this is pretty current. So it's been a weird fucking. Um, it's been a weird since Saturday. We'll say on on the island when it comes to wrestling. Um, right. There's no point in, in, in not, not talking about it for a little bit anyway. Like fucking okay. Northern Wrestling. But I, I say Northern Ireland Wrestling, that's, it's, that's harsh. Because Northern Ireland's uh, like a fucking six counties. It's just one particular area, really, one school. And there's a lot of fucking controversy coming out of it. Accusations like that coming out of, um, coming out of uh, a fucking... Um, it's, 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 it's the fucking pits, like, right? Yeah, well, look, I, my only, I didn't know anything about this because I try and, uh, like, Twitter in particular is toxic. Like, I don't do, like, I tweet and I look up football news basically on mm. Twitter and I, I try and, try not, because it's just, there seems to be something new every day um, that's, <clears> you know, <throat> yeah. not, that's not good. Um, Ireland for you know, stealing your entire brand, but Twitter kind of wrecks your head, you know? <laughs> yeah, it does. It's it does, and it's it hasn't been good for me. And I've I've kind of learned how to use it sparingly and not have stuff come up that I don't want to see. Basically, um, like the mute the mute button, the, the muting terms, the muting. You know, you can mute hashtags, you can mute whatever you want. I've I've learned about that, and I'm I'm talking about Love Island, even. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, want to see yeah. that shit. <laughs> so, like, I honestly had no idea any of this was going on, uh, but I have, of course, uh, been filled in. Um, as to what has uh, allegedly happened, and mm. yeah, what, yeah, what do you say? Yeah, what do you say? It's just it's unfortunate that um, something so close to all of us, especially going something in a school, which is you know I mean? when there's pe- pe- vulnerable people there, on, yeah. on like on people, young people, like, same as our school, like do you know what I mean? Um, and you know, it's it's just a fucking awful pity that um, this this kind of carry on is going on. Um, Hopefully it's fucking dealt with in the appropriate way, like, and everyone can move on. Because there's actually some, 
there's some very good people wrestling up up the north of the country. Absolutely, some some lovely Ross. people. Like I, I think the easiest oh. way to put it, and without getting too far into anything, is that yeah. anybody who does anything to somebody who's underage and is a child needs to be in jail. And I'm not just specifically talking about that one person. I'm speaking about anybody. Because it's not the first time this has popped up and there's other people out there who've been accused and might be slipping under the radar. And it's very important that people know that if you do anything with someone that's underage, you're a scumbag, I hate you, and you need to be in jail. And that's all I really want to kind of... Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, well, look, we're not going to delve too terribly far into it, but I just hope that the lads that that, that are there and that are remaining in, in the in the Northern Ireland wrestling scene can fucking pull it behind them and start a positive scene like we kind of did in Cork, like when the ship going on. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think that, I think what you're saying, they are um, Billy Bedlam is the is the right thing. Like you need, we need to kind of maybe focus on what's positive. We all know what's happened. That's very mm-hmm. negative. We all know the yeah. other story to that's negative. Our stories that's yeah. negative. But I'd like, like, there are some really, really nice and good people up there. Mm. Like someone like Stephen Carvel comes to mind straight Absolutely, away. Absolutely, yeah. That, you know, there's a guy who's multi-talented, great guy, really, really nice person, puts in a lot. A family man deserves yeah. better than, than to be tarred with a brush. Because one, like one person doesn't make a scene, two people don't make a scene. Exactly. And, and I don't care if, if it's somebody native to that scene or if it's somebody crossing the border going up there taking advantage of young people. It's still, it shouldn't be happening. Those people need to be weeded out and go forward, like as you said, Phoenix did with the Cork scene, and and mm. and, and be positive because there is some lovely people up there as well. And I only mentioned Steve. I mean, I'm talking about like Tucker doesn't need to be name dropped. He was in WWE. Yeah. People like Myla Grace, Guy James. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's so many great people up up there. And you know what? They look like they have. Uh, they actually look, on the outside looking in. I don't know an awful of these new, newer guys that are in, involved, but I, I, I especially don't know. I, I only see them on the face value. Like Sonic Boom look really exciting. They have a load of um, of young talent coming through. That's the future of, of Northern Ireland wrestling. Not the fucking garbage that we've just discussed in the first and we won't do it again. But that's the future of Northern Ireland wrestling and and wrestling on the island because they'll be up and down. Do you know what I mean? And they'll get excited. And they'll start. They'll start coming out of that cocoon that is what they were in, do you know what I mean? And, and work other fi- Fight Factory, Titanic, School of Irish West, seminars and gaining experience, contacts and eventually like, it'll, it'll become, uh, I'm sure of it, do you know what I mean? Like, it's a small, a small a island with a, lot of, small island with a lot of talented people, but also the island is so small that if you are a scumbag, people are going to find out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. That's something kind of good about this scene though, is that it can't, like everything eventually does get found out. Everything. It does, yeah. It does, yeah. Hopefully everything. Anyway. So, so Tony, we, we came across each other in CCW, right? Like I saw, like myself and Raven did. I think yeah. the, I started in CCW or in wrestling. Uh, it's show after you and Ross in the Savoy. Um, myself and Tom Buckridge, friend of the show, Tom. Yeah, Tom. Hi, Tom. Tom. We were we were watching from we were watching. We were like, oh my god, there's a scene in Cork. We're like, oh fuck, let's go, let's go. And we were going to go to a show, and we didn't go to a show, and we heard about a training school and whatnot. But you've been kind of in, you've been in you've been in around the Irish Cork scene for since fucking day that like you know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, 2013, I think. Um, around that, yeah, 2013, I would have been around since. I would have said. I did since pretty much the start of the Cork scene. Yeah, the first year. I, anyway. I think uh, I think it might have been the second show, maybe the third show actually. Uh, for Cork is when I Ross brought me in. Like Ross uh, knew I was a huge wrestling fan and was trying to at least somewhat get in the business after a failed 
attempt at, at training in, in Canada when I was younger and got injured and stuff like that. And uh, after kind of uh, having a meeting with the bigger crowds in America and pitching some ideas about being a writer there, because obviously of what I do, uh, I suppose you could call it my shoot job if, you, if, it's a, if it is a shoot job, but I do in real life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, like we, me and Ross have been talking about wrestling during some stand-up gigs from years ago, and I kind of didn't really know that much about Ross. Like he was kind of coy, which wouldn't usually be Ross, but mm. um, but then we got talking, and he did something in Waterford, and I'd heard about it, and I, we we just were talking on um, on Facebook about, it, and he goes, oh. you know what, you should be my manager. We should do a we should do a kind of a stable thing. And I went, man, I would love that. That sounds amazing, and and, and that was it. Yeah. What was it? The prick click was that the no. prick click? Yeah. Prick-click, yeah, it might have been. I think Lee, Lee, I think Lee kind of got, did he follow with Ross or did he poured cold on it after us? Oh, there was no cold water because we had we had huge plans for what we were going to do with that, with the prick-click thing. And um, it was a great, I think it was a great angle and it didn't really work out well because of Ross's shoulder or whatever. And we, but we improvised and, and it worked out quite well on the night in the end. At least heat-wise it did, I thought. Yeah. And... Um, and then I don't know. I don't. I don't. I certainly don't like speaking out of turn in case I'm wrong because I don't like doing that. But I know that Ross and Lee had a falling out. It could have been about money, or maybe he stiffed some of the Dublin lads on a payment, or something. Something happened that Ross had put his neck on the line to get guys booked. Something I don't know. But Ross basically uh, messaged me one night and said, "Look, this this would have been great, but uh, I'm not working with Lee anymore because of whatever the issue yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, remember." Yeah. It was definitely something to do with stiffing a payment or something like that, I think. Like, it wasn't anything major. It was the, you know, usual wrestling kind of thing. And out, out of just loyalty, because that's the kind of person that I am, I went, well, you know, you brought me in. If you're not going to work with this guy anymore, I'm not going to work with him anymore. Mm. And, and I, I took a break for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've heard, yeah, it was just before I came in anyway, so I, I kind of don't really know what, what, what went down. But, because um, I'd seen Ross on, the tel- on RT doing his, uh, sure. the fear, was it? The fear, yeah. I'm wrestling. I was like, "Fuck this!" I was, I was like, "Right, I want to do this." But then when I got to CCW, he was gone. So I go, like, oh, "I quite like I, I liked the idea of with Ross." When I first started uh, training with Ross, one of the first things again, he he obviously didn't give me any fucking details about where he left. But one of the first things he said to me was, "Oh, the other lads, they're fucking cowboys, basically." <laughs> so I'm guessing it was something big to do with money, like. But like. Raven, were you, because I trained like once or twice in Ross's camps down there, just kind of, I didn't want to walk into a show and go, oh, I'm here now and I'm doing this. So I went and trained a couple of, went to a couple of sessions with Ross. Uh, I don't know if you, I remember a couple of devices, obviously Bornsey was there because me and Bornsey are friends and we're from Waterford. I don't, I don't actually think I was training at the time. Ross was already gone from CCW, like just gone, gone from CCW at the time. Were you at that show in, in the Savoy though? No, I don't think I was, no. No, because I think the first time I actually met you was when I came back. Yeah. Which would have been like a year later, I think. Yeah, I do think so. Yeah. I met I re- you I re- after, I think, was it after or before I debuted? You're coming back and managing Burnsy. Yeah, I came back to manage, no, I came back to commentate first before I managed Burnsy. Ah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's how me and the linchpin met. That's right. Um, but that I, before your debut, I'm a, uh, it was... Two shows before. I, I'm almost certain I called your debut match and I always claimed it anyway. Yeah. Whether I always think that, but I wasn't. I'm never I'm never actually sure about it because it's fucking nowhere. It's on his hard drive. 
<laughs> well, well, that's what I, was, what I was going to say to go back to go back to that first show in the in the what was it the Savoy was it? Savoy, yeah. yeah. Uh, man, I was in a like uh, there's no like I've, anyone's listened to my podcast knows my story. Like I was in the I had just had a relapse in my recovery and I was days into kind of drying back out again and I barely remember that night because I had been you know hitting yeah. stuff hard and I was trying to kind of come back to normality and um but I remember if you look at that now like if, I can't remember the show really because of obviously what I've been <laughs> what I've been at in my personal life yeah. but I, I was saying this to, to Barry the other day like I, I remember Be Cool because I'd never seen comedy wrestling before I didn't know what, I didn't know that was a thing mm. so like I remember Barry was the first one out of the curtain because I was posing as the ring announcer for the night for the turn at the end. And I remember uh, Be Cool, uh, Fabulous Nikki, and Phil Boyd had a, had a triple threat at the start of it. And Barry was doing this comedy stuff, and I was like, this kid is brilliant. He's amazing. And it's so funny. Like, when you look at that at that video now, I think it's still on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken, that show. Yeah, I think there's actually... Yeah. But you is that can the see... one where Ross dislocates his shoulder on the lockup? Yeah. yeah. That's really funny. Was that true? That's all I wanted to say. Was that work? That really happened? No, it wasn't a work. No, that was real. Yeah. Yeah, He lost and they just popped his shoulder. The the plan was that they'd have a match and I would, Ross would give me the Iggy and I would cut the turnbuckle off and uh, people, obviously we we were hoping that people were like, "What, what the hell is this? And then Ross was to pull Bingo into the exposed turnbuckle, knock him out, put him in the chicken wing, Bingo would pass out, we'd steal the belt, Bingo would have to leave because that was part of the yeah. the angle and we do this big angle for about a year and lo- Ross locked up with Bingo and came over to the corner and bear in mind I'm still standing there as if like with the belt in hand as if I'm the ring announcer yeah, yeah, yeah. and Ross just said to me uh, my shoulder's fucking gone my shoulder's fucking gone go to the finish now and I do remember that from that night because I'd never yeah, been yeah, yeah. that was my first night in wrestling and I had to improvise a finish <laughs> Jesus yeah no. So yeah, I do remember that. But what I, what I was saying about was, if you look at on YouTube that night, the the amount of people now who are you know uh, huge figures in the in the scene in in Ireland at least, mm. if not internationally, are are on the show. And it's really funny to see like myself in the ring as a ring announcer. Be cool, fabulous Nikki, who's of course part of Club Tropicana now. Katie Harvey, um, rough stuff. Of course, CT Flex are as uh, yeah. you know a. a, a what would you, like a kind of a force in his own right now, and I ended up managing rough stuff in in OTT for a while as well. So it's funny how all these things come together. It's really cool. Was um was that the infamous spare hairspray in a pole match, or was that in Waterford? No, no, that, I think that was elsewhere because um, Session Mott as Kazuji wasn't on the show that that, that okay. show that I watched. Okay, okay, okay. We should get um Katie and Session Mott on just to talk about the hairspray on a pole match and just do two hours talking about that. I just wish I was there. I don't know. I've heard about it because it gets talked about all the time as a kind of a CCW legacy. Do you know what's, yeah. like, do you know what's one of the funniest things about that? I know what you're going to say. Yeah. What's one of the funniest things about that is that Lars Lee um, wanted, didn't have a poll for the... Lars the Kula has a code for Lee. Yeah, so Lee? Lee. What is it? Yeah, oh, Chris him Lars last week. Lars Kula. Who's that? Yeah, Lars Kula. Very so good. he didn't actually have a pole for it, so he just wanted to use the end off of a Hoover. That sounds like, I mean, you notice I just didn't flinch. Yeah, 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 it's not news. It's not news. That sounds pretty realistic. <laughs> but like, 
Fucking I think hell. the last conversation I had with him, I went down to um, I went down to a CCW show at Christmas. You were both there working it. Actually, uh, Bedlam, we uh, you we I managed Barnsley that night and we right. did a triple threat against you and Vic right. Viper. Uh, so that I kind of agreed. I said, "No way, am I doing this? No way, am I going down?" And Barnes like, "Come on!" I was only back from America. He was back from Canada. Come on, it'll be a laugh. Did William give you a spear. We, we, William speared me over the guardrail. <laughs> I went over the guardrail. Took the most theatrical bump over a guardrail anyone's ever taken. It was really funny, actually. Uh, I think there's video footage of that out there somewhere, actually. There is. Uh, but um, but I uh, the last conversation I think I had with Lee was um, I was in the dressing room in between because he, he ran a kids show right before the main yeah. show and was, which was ridiculous and he came I had come to watch and didn't really know if I was going to take part in managing Barnsley or not and he came in and he goes Tony will you tell the kids to get out so we can have the adult show now bye and I was there no absolutely not that's nothing to do with me he was like well I'm a heel I can't go I wouldn't tell him <laughs> like, what I know yeah there's the fucking logic here like you're also the promoter Go and yeah, he lived. He lived yeah. that bubble. He lived that bubble. Good man, so funny, so funny. Yeah, so I remember. We I actually do remember you came back into. You joined us on Rev. I think it was one of the revolutions. Uh, it was my um, last night in commentary. Um, and fuck myself and Tom. Or I, I go over to Tom. We'd have a beer or whatever. We watched that show back so many times. Um, because it's fun. Like it's we we'd laugh. Me and Tom when we were in commentary, we were the worst one all the time. Let's put my hand up in the air, but that's okay because I was told to do something I never did before in my life. And, I... and also, you just don't know the names of wrestling moves, yeah. Well, but I, you Didn't know, you, so like, I wouldn't, say, like, I wouldn't you put said, myself like, doing it in Phoenix, like, I know, but you said a hip toss was like something like a Northern Lights or something mad like that. Like, very, like it wasn't, very. It wasn't I wouldn't know what a Northern Lights is now, the mind back then, nah. no, exactly. Yeah, I'm like, back was... then, like. Everything was in to DDT and shades of this and shades of gold dust and then modified this and oh what? <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I never like you're saying you're the worst comedy team ever. I never, I never thought that. I never. I mean, like I'm sure there's worse. I'm sure there's worse out there. So I've yeah. commented once and I'm pretty shit. Well, you see, there was before you, you came. I commented with you, Tony. Actually, remember? Did you? Yeah, there was um. I, I can't commented on oh, for a Phoenix show, and yeah, I remember. And I, I, I went up to Keen Arthur because he was also commentating, and I was like, "Oh well, I was really nervous about that, but I think I did an okay job." And he was like, "Oh yeah, the commentary got corrupted, so like we couldn't choose it or something." Well, no, I do remember that because I remember I was absolutely shitting all over you for doing something, and then they did the old eighties heel commentator move, and I was like, "Oh, you're so great!" And you came over. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that now. Yeah, that was fun. It was funny. Yeah, yeah. Our commentary was fun. I liked doing it. Um, when I was doing it just for me and Tom, we were just it was just private jokes, which was I wouldn't do now because I have a lot more respect for the freaking for well my own business, but um for yeah. the general. At the time I was I wasn't even training, wasn't getting paid, leave didn't give a fuck. I had invested in CCW and my money had been fucking gone up to Swanny, so I didn't know that. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, it was good. It was that, that show though, I remember I remember a couple of things about that show that you're talking about. First of all, I don't know the names of shows, like, and I'm going to say this now, like, I don't know the names of some of the OTT shows. You could say to me, we did, we went, we were at Homecoming, and I'd be like, which one was that? Just tell me the venue, and I'll know. Or what the oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the same, yeah. I am useless at knowing what the names are of the show, so I don't know if it was Revolution, or whether it was uh, Lee Cahalan's Big, Big Big Bad Birthday Bash, or whatever, I don't know what they call the shows. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to ask, we're just going to do part two. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know, like, but all I remember is that Barnsley uh, and Ricky Combat had a, had a tables match. I remember that. Yeah. And oh, I remember, God, I remember this. this. is bizarre. Sorry. Yeah. What? And I also remember Michael May and Katie against LJ Cleary and Valkyrie. Yeah. It was like oh, Michael, yeah. maybe not Michael, but it was definitely LJ and Rice. Valkyrie. Second or Phil, match. Maybe, maybe Phil. Phil no, no, it was, was I remember. I think it was Michael. I do think it was. It Phil. was because Michael was, was using the name Michael Mayhem. Michael Mayhem. Time. Yeah, and yeah. He, and every time I cut a promo with him, I want to do something about calling him Michael Mayhem. So that's how I remember. No, you're right, Jack. They, they had the best friends club at the time. And Phil was in the opener against Roughshod. Um, that was a hell of a Well, one of my favorite moments Fox. that I've been involved in wrestling since, um, God, 2013, so like nearly seven years, was Raven Creed against Roughshod in front of a load of kids in some place in Cork, God knows where, Bally Fehan maybe, and yeah. and she Burn it, please. <laughs> no, but no, uh, Raven Creed. That one's on, on on YouTube. Bet, they just bet the shit, and I like. La- is it on YouTube? That one's on YouTube. It yeah. has about it has over a hundred thousand views. Inter- and I was underaged, um, and you, you know where that to, is. Um, Look at how shocked I am. They used to promote intergender wrestling and it ended up on porn sites and everything. Like, yeah, it's on a porn site. And I was Kazuji on Grace. has nearly Again. a million. Like, why not? Yeah, no fucking surprise. Like. My, but I, I, I only remember, I've never, I didn't even know it was on YouTube, but like, I just laughed the whole way through that. It was such a shit match. Like, all I did was just like kick him in the head. It was, it was so was funny. So bad. It was so funny. Like, you just bet, the, bet, bet him around the place, basically. It was, I could never listen to the song wayward son ever again no neither can i ever again. again but you know what i remember that because and, and it was no reflection on 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 fucking roughshod really no 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 you were given instructions to go up and fucking hammer him because he was late or something he didn't go yeah. training he didn't it go training like it was something like that from, from i, I didn't beat him up because of that i just beat him up because no, it was like you, you, know, were told, you, were, just, you were told to do that because of, of of that which is not really the way to do things either. Right? It was no, but it was just a funny. It was a funny. Oh, like, yeah. It was a funny match. It was a funny moment. I just remember it. it stands out to me. How did you? Um, I have a couple of interview questions, Tony. You know oh, lovely! You? Please, please, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm aware that you're, you're, you're a professional. I'm not. Um, so I said I better jot this shit down. And I had to put on my glasses as well because then I can't read what I wrote down. And I, f- I feel like an old man putting on and off my glasses. So, just all right. How, how did you get, get into it? your head? How did, get out of your head. I how did I get into what? How did how did you get in, how did uh, the OTT relationship come about? So um, I'd never been to it. I'd never seen. I'd never like uh, CCW left a really bad taste in my mouth and um, through many different things. Hmm. And um, I was kind of like, oh, I like the wrestling's fun. It's you know whatever. Um, I'd also kind of had a near miss again with an opportunity to go work in America um, but to do a wrestling that kind of fell through on me and I was kind of gutted about that to be honest and I found it hard to kind of even watch wrestling after that mm. and, and but I, I managed and then uh, the year after that then I was the lead in a movie here in, in Ireland called Writing Home and that was a big opportunity for me and kind of brought me up to a different level and uh, I started getting more opportunities in, in, in that realm of what I do. And, um, you know, there was people offering me this and offering me that. And I was like, okay, this is great. But 
I went off to America. I was hosting this Broadway theater festival on Broadway, which was an amazing opportunity to perform on Broadway. I mean, you know, it was incredible and uh, just took some time. I wrote my own radio series while I was over in LA then after that. And I came back and my friend had bought me a ticket to go see OTT in Dublin. And I was like, oh, the Irish wrestling thing, you know, no, no. he said, no, you have to come. He showed me some video of a, of a show he'd been at. And I was like, wow, this is, wow. You know, this is not a, the Irish wrestling scene as I know it. This is, mm. this is something different. So um, I went to that December show. It was the one where um, Cody Rhodes had the infamous run-in with Foxy and stuff like that, mm. apparently. And um, I just loved it. I just went, wow. And, and I remember just going, okay, I have to, I have to be involved in this. This has, this is, this has got Tony Kelly written all over it. And um, I saw a couple of things where I was like, mm, okay, I think, I think I know how I could do this. And um, I, would, I was providing a bit of content for the sports website, balls.ie, for a while. You, you yeah, remember that? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Um, I was doing some video work for them and stuff like that. And occasionally I'd write an article if they needed someone to write an article. So um, I, I, I don't know. I'm not a, a not sports writer. So that's not what I was there to do. So I was like... I'm not going to be writing about, uh, oh, what do you think is going to happen in Liverpool against United next? That's not what I was doing. So mm -hmm. I was like, lads, you know that O'Neill's are supplying sportswear for OTT wrestling? And they were like, what? Because it's a big GAA site. And they were like, write an article about that. So I was like, okay. But in between that, they were like, you need to, we, have you ever interviewed someone and written an article before? And I was like, I'm not a journalist. So no. And uh, they were like, well, what about if you interviewed? And I was like, look, I'm going to interview someone. And I had known... Session mod Martina a little bit from working CCW and stuff like that, but seeing her in action as the session mod after seeing her from Kaza G, yeah, yeah. Blew, blew my mind. I, I was like, yeah. I, I was just like, this is incredible. And I just texted her on Facebook, I think it was, I was like, listen, I'm doing this little bit of work for Boz.ie, don't know if you remember me, you know. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, would you be interested if I interviewed you, give you a bit, good bit of publicity? They've got a good following. She was like, yeah, sure. So I, I wrote an article about her and then I wrote the article about the, the gear advertising the gear because I thought the fact that they had a deal with O'Neill's was again yeah. mind blown yeah 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 and I got an email um, I got an email from Joe Cabret saying listen thanks for thanks for doing that and um, would you would you basically was trying to kind of maybe see was there anything there with balls that I to become a regular thing and at the time I was leaving the company because of promises that weren't kept and also I don't want to that's not what I want to do you yeah. know I, I, you know um so we were exchanging emails a little bit and I was kind of smart enough going, well, look, listen, this is not what I'm going to be doing for good, but I'll, I'll try and see what I can do. And I said, look, by the way, if there's ever anything I can do on your show, you know, maybe, the, maybe there might be an opportunity for me to come in and manage someone or something like that. And uh, I don't know what happened in between all that. I, I think he asked a couple of people who might have known me from coming down and working on the cock, what I was like and, and stuff like that. And he, he said, look, the commentary spot is open for a while at least. Would you be interested in doing commentary? And to be honest with you, I actually really wasn't. But I knew it was a foot in the door. And I knew I'd done it before. And I, and I was capable of doing it. Mm. So I said, sure. So he, we were kind of, he's, Joe will be the first, he said it on my podcast, he's quite controlling and likes to be hands-on. I mean, uh, Raven, you'll know that. For, like, everything is, everything's got Joe's fingerprints on it. So he... <sighs> He said, look, I know you're capable of doing this, but I can't, you ha I can't have you appear on camera without doing some sort of a test. So there was talks of me and Angus McAnally sitting down at a computer and calling a match that was recorded. And I really didn't want to do that, to be honest with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he said, look, come up to this contender show. 
uh, call it, but you're not going to make an entrance. I'm not going to introduce you as part of the show. So use this live show as your audition, basically. So I remember sitting at the commentary desk while Angus did the, did the intro and then basically introduced me on commentary blindly, I guess, without being seen on camera. And, and, and that was it, really, I think. Mm. I was it. I have, I've not missed a show, I don't think, since, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's um, first time I went up to a contender's show, I think. Just we just touching on that, and I think I might have said it before, was um, it was the Armstrongs versus fucking um, the Angel Cruises, and Mike Carnally broke down. They barely got there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Terry and, and, and Scotty in the main for the NLW belt. Yeah, I was in Liverpool that weekend. Yeah. I was just like fucking sitting there going, Phew. like this show was like, this is this is how wrestling should be done. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of as we were thinking or really strongly thinking about doing Phoenix anyway. So, yeah. Um, I've been to a few shows and I must say, your No Socks chants are one of my favourites, uh, my favourite part of the show. Like, how, man, was that intentional or I probably. That's such a stupid thing, like people chanting No Socks, but Thank it's you. brilliant. Like, yeah. No, I know, exactly. Yeah. Like, like that's the thing. It's just like, how? Like, why <laughs> did you just like purposely try and find things that you find in other people to be yeah. crickets, and then you just copied it? Here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. Like, so um, I don't think any of us knew what I was going to be. I remember Joe saying to me, "Do you want to use a, a work name? Do you want to you want to use a working name?" I was like, "No. Like, this is yeah. this is my name. I have no problem. You can call me TK if you want, or something like that, because people call me that." Or you know, but I should be Tony Kelly. It's it's just you know I I I think it's just easier. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, that's fine. And I said, like you know, I think if anyone, he was like, well, you know, you do acting, you do comedy. Do you want that to kind of interfere? And I said, look, if anybody watches wrestling and can't decipher the difference between me as a character on a wrestling show and my stand-up comedy, I don't know what to tell you. You know, so um, well, I don't think like there was no real Joe didn't go. Well, I want you to be this character. I have this. It was I was basically was thrown out and, and told to get over essentially and I think it was kind of like uh, I think it was a challenge in a way um, the only people I knew when I went to that first show was uh, I'm really finding it hard to do the, the shoot name thing or the work name thing but it was Raven and Matt Schuyler were there and I knew uh, Martina as well but other than that I didn't know anybody, I'll never forget how intimidating it was walking into that contender show for the first time and um, and it was like that for months, if I can be honest. Um, I, you know, it was very hard for me um, to settle there for a while. And I just kept going. And I, and I remember saying to Joe, give me three shows and I will get over. Uh, not, as a, not as my commentary on that, but I'll get these people to hate me if it takes me three, four shows. I, I will do that. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. I remember coming out to Tivoli and not quite knowing what the gimmick was, but I knew it needed to be me turned up to 11 because that's what it always is. And... So I kind of started dressing a little bit flashier, you know, and like I'd wear something, I'd go to maybe a wedding in or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I remember my first stadium show um, I wasn't aware that I wasn't going to be calling it until the day before or something like that because it all happened so fast. And I was really, really, you know, you know, okay, fair enough. And I wore, I, I think I found a pair of chinos in my, in my wardrobe and I was like, like I don't, I never remember buying them or wearing them. I think I got them in pennies or something like that. And I said, right, I'll wear these. They're really, they were red chinos. I still wear them sometimes in the shows. And I had them on me, and I came out. And before I did the bit of the promo, before I kind of was basically removed from the show for the, for that show, they were chanting chinos wanker, right? 
Gino's wine car, you know. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is something, but I don't want that to be the thing. So the next show after that was a Tivoli show. And I remember saying to myself, I might have been in the car on the way home, or I could have even been in the dressing room after I was done. If you don't like chinos, what else don't you like? And I think I, I think back then to seeing guys who never knew how to dress themselves until Conor McGregor started taking pictures of himself <laughs> and then they started copying him. Yeah. That's a fantastic and, description. <laughs> yeah. It's true though, guys, like guys that I, I went to school with who would have worn a tracksuit going out on a Saturday night and now all of a sudden they have a dicky bow on them. I mean, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> like that kind of thing really bothers me. So I was like, I think I should be that kind of a guy like who, who you know, and, and I remember then looking at some wedding photos of some guys who I, who I know from town. I was like, these guys couldn't dress themselves two years ago. And now they're going out with loafers with no socks. Come on, give me a break. And I went, that's what it is. If you don't like chinos, you definitely won't like that. So I remember being up in the, in the I suppose you call it a dressing room, Raven, in, in the Tivoli upstairs backstage and putting on the outfit. And I think CT Flexer was beside me. I don't know why. And he was kind of going, that's what you're going to go out wearing. And I was like, yeah. I think this will work. And he went, okay. I think, I think it was CT as far as I remember. And um, we went into the ring, myself and Jamie Coleman, and um, to open the show, and they just started laying it on. He was, he was cutting his promo, and they were already on it about the socks. Yeah. He, he, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't even my turn to talk, and they were already on it. And I knew it. I knew it would work, because I hate it. And I hate people who dress like that. Mm. And um, I looked over at Joe as I had the microphone in my hand and someone threw a pair of socks into the ring. <laughs> it, was like, it was like a really mild version of Cactus Jack and Terry Funk in ECW. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked over at Joe as the sock landed on the bottom rope and he, I just saw him smile and I went, this is it. This is what yeah, this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that was my fourth show, I think. Good stuff. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two. We did a comfort break because, you know, that's just the way we get really roll. And we were talking to Tony Kelly about OTT and, and the North Sox and whatnot. Tony, I think um, I've been watching a lot of 90s wrestling at the moment, right? Uh, since I've allowed my hands like everybody else. Watching, I started watching Raw in 1993, then I kind of skipped forward. I'm on, I watched I watched kind of all the way 93 through. Brilliant. Then I skipped forward, skipped 94, skipped 95. Now I start again 96. So I'm watching 96 every week, uh, there's an hour of Raw, and then I'm watching, um, every day I'm watching uh, Nitro as well, so I'm watching two hours of wrestling every night, class. and it's class, and I'm looking forward to, at the moment, Scott Hall is just, ju or he's at Rose Brown at the moment, about to leave, and, and Kevin Nash following and all that, but one thing struck me as I was watching it over the last few weeks, I think I tweeted and tagged you, uh, wrestling managers, there is, fuck, in, especially in, in Ireland, there are you is there any bar J Money and yourself um, uh, in Phoenix and then White Factory? Is there anybody else I, uh, bar the odd person that's valeting? Because uh, it's it's something that's a, it's a it's a dead art as far as uh, as far as I can see really. But if Jesus, they were so important and so influential back in the day and done right. We all know Heenan. It was just the best. He's the benchmark when it comes to wrestling managers. Like, and I know I, I'm interested to hear your opinion on it. But, it's certainly something that I'd like to see a few more managers uh, in wrestling. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's like everything else that the decree comes down from the from the WWE um, mm. with everything, you know. And if WWE yeah. starts doing it, it trickles through the rest of the business. And I think if WWE were still using managers regularly, everyone would be doing them. I mean, like myself and Michael may um, want to be a full time act everywhere, and mm. we when Michael gets booked in the UK, they just won't. Fly, and I think I get it. Like they won't fly me in as well. Now yeah. my schedule doesn't always allow wouldn't always allow me to be full time. Or whatever, doing wrestling shows abroad, but but I would love that. It, but I, I, but it's as I said to you, I think from WWE they don't have a full to have really full time managers, mm. so therefore no one else does. Um, yeah, I think I think they're they're hugely beneficial because you you have guys who you go, oh well, he's got a million dollar look, but he can't talk. Well, put him with someone who can talk then, and then all of a sudden you've got yourself an act. Yeah, you know because I think. Um, having an act in wrestling is as important as anything else. And I mean, whether that's a tag team or whether it's a single or whether it's a manager with a, with a single or a manager with a tag team, you know, whatever it is, I think an act is, is what gets over. Not, we all know that it's not necessarily moves. It's not necessarily a catchphrase, but it's the total package. Yeah. And, and I think when you have a manager who like a manager, first of all, who has to know who he is, first of all, in order to get his charge or his client or whatever over. Um, and yeah, I don't know who, like I know that obviously myself, uh, Jay Money does it in OTT with with Michael and Liam yeah. and Max. Um, and I manage obviously the, the man, Michael and Liam in, in Fight Factory as well. But what nowadays, I don't know. Um, just to listen to the top of my head, sorry for cutting you off because I forget it. The um, Club Tropicana had a manager the first yeah. time I saw them, and it was the f first time I'd seen Club Tropicana wrestle, and it was just I couldn't get over how entertaining that that uh, that yeah, it. Man. Jose was that Jose was that was yeah Jose Idol yeah he was Tony yeah. Idol before that I think but um, I don't know I think um, he's an actor too he's a theatre actor yeah. as far as I know and I, I think he I think he was doing a play or something like that I actually I don't know because I I. We'd worked, we did a, the, I think the last Tivoli show I ever worked um, was Tropicana against Rough Stuff with me in, in Rough Stuff's corner and Jose in the other corner. And that was like so much fun because we did a, we did an angle where um, I ripped off his moustache in the yeah, yeah. ring and he had, he already had a fake moustache thrown on underneath it and it was like, that's hilarious, man. And yeah, I, you yeah. know, he hit me with the glove and all that was really, I don't, I honestly don't know. I think I heard something about an acting job or something like that, um, uh, but I, I, it was it was hugely entertaining. But um, the boys are the boys now are much better off without it. I think, yeah, to be honest yeah, with you. So, yeah. because like I think Captain is an um, really really talented athletic wrestler. Uh, Aiden is really good at about, as, at his role as as the Jim the Anvil Neidhart of the team, I suppose. And I think adding Fabulous Nikki to it rather than having Jose is a, a much yeah. better fit for me because I think now the boys are over, not necessarily yeah. Jose is over. Yeah, no, yeah. fair point. And I, suppose, I think for me, for me anyway, like I always, I always like to think myself and Michael are over as an acting cork and I don't take away from Michael or anything like that. I hope so anyway. And I, I'm sure he would have told me if he thought I did. Um, whereas I, I don't necessarily think Jose did that for, for mm. Tropicana. Mm, I get you. But I, as I say, I only saw him the one time. Maybe oh, it was great. 
Maybe it comes repetitive after a while, I don't know. But I, I certainly think that uh, Michael is uh, Michael as a as a as an act is stronger when you're with him in, in Cork rather than when um the, the, there was a, a, a schedule clash in Forster you couldn't make it in January. Um Michael's wrestling is a phenomenal but yeah, yeah. you provide and when you're together is is uh, is, is, is class in Phoenix and people love to hate Well it. I think yeah, I think we see ourselves as a bit of a throwback as well. You know, I I was a early nineties wrestling fan and that's my still my favourite era and managers were such a huge thing. I mean we spoke about Bobby Heenan obviously but you yeah. know there there were many more, you know, I mean Jimmy Hart was a was a huge was, huge yeah. thing as well. You know, and I don't think Jimmy Paulo. Sure, but like I just I think Jimmy Hart doesn't get the doesn't get the credit he deserves and Heenan, I mean, was a comedic genius, which is why I think he gets, and he obviously did commentary as well, but people forget about Jesse Ventura on commentary. I always say, like, Jesse Ventura is as much a, an influence on me as a commentator as Bobby Heenan is. Like, Heenan, for me, was always one of my heroes, comedically as well as for wrestling. Mm. Uh, Jim Cornette is a huge influence on yes. me. You know? Yes, Mr. Food. Yeah, he's heavily involved now at the moment, where I am. Um, Jim yeah, because my my whole getup is a tribute to Heenan and Cornette. I mean, the polyester style pants, the bright color pants on the bottom, and the and the sparkly jacket on the top. It's Heenan and it's Cornette. I said that on the Cultaholic podcast that I did, and I don't mm. think a lot of people got on got got to that, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I love I love managing Michael Man. It's like I love managing. I love being involved. I love commentating's great and stuff like that, and I and I love it. I do. Um, but if I could, like, if I could manage and get me hands dirty on every show that would be more ideal for me no if you could pick if you got hired by wwe tomorrow and you could pick anyone in wwe to manage who would you pick Ooh, um i don't i haven't watched wwe regularly for for a good while i do check in and out um um do you know who do you know who, who actually might be good and it's, it's popping into my head is nakamura shinsuke nakamura okay. Because I, I know, I think Sami Zayn manages him now, if I'm not mistaken, in, in that act. Yeah, they're um, all friends. Him, Sami Zayn, and Cesaro. And Cesaro. I think well, like, I think, you could, I think you could pick pretty much, like, Cesaro, I think, would be great. I think Nakamura would be great. And I always liked Rusev as well. I think Rusev would be good as well. Because the thing about me is that, like, I'm six foot one. I don't think people realize this. Like, I'm taller than a lot of the lads are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's actually quite difficult for me to be a manager because of how tall I am. Um, like I, I do quite. I'm, I think I'm taller than Michael. I don't think he'll mind me saying that. But I slouch a lot when I'm standing next to him because it's a little cheat. Um, yes. But when we do it in Fight Factory, Liam Ryle is so much taller than me that it's great. So like someone like Liam is great because he's so big. And I think like someone like Rusev or, or Cesaro. I think Nakamura is maybe six three as well. Um, that I probably made a bollocks of your question there, Raven. But um, <laughs> I think someone because like, I think Nakamura in WWE needs a manager because they have this thing about if you don't speak English, then how can you be a star? And if you can't go to Poma, how can you be a star? Well, put them with someone, put put them with someone who can, who can, you know? You know, one example I'll use to like beat that point for like WWE, because they they, they always do it, it's Oscar. Mm. Because like right now, she's not saying a fucking word of English, but she's the most entertaining fucking thing in the world. I was watching uh, Money in the Bank and she made that match and she was just being a, fucking crackhead the entire time it was brilliant and not a word of English came out of her mouth but I was enthralled by it yeah, yeah I think great. she's one of the most talented wrestlers male or female around and has been for a long time I think she's so fucking she has a lot every skill I think she's brilliant big fan yeah. 
Big fan, yeah. if you're listening, which you're not. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Oscar, take our booking and book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oscar yeah. and Phoenix, huh? <laughs> we, we might sell out the circus factory. You never know. Just taking a segue away from wrestling, Tony, right? Um, yeah. You're always a very interesting character to have a chat with, uh, especially when you're, you're, you do stand-up comedy. We'll come to the stand-up, the questions on the stand-up comedy show on the OTT in a minute. But um, The Hurler, The Hurler, yeah. boring success for you, right? Yeah. Um, Three seasons was it? Three seasons you did? It was it two? Two, two seasons, my apologies. Oh, and talk us through that a little bit. I mean, you out in New York and fucking just the success and then the live show. I mean, it's a it was a phenomenal success, an award winning fucking series. Fair play to you. Yeah, well, actually, it's actually one series. Really, we I had planned on doing a second series, and I did one episode that was we did in New York, and um, then I. I had a flirtation with having a development deal with RTE for it. And then obviously the web series had to stop because if we did eventually make the show, which we obviously didn't, yeah. um, it, would, it would have to come down probably, you know? So I kind yeah. of, I had, I had planned on what was going to happen with it. And I, I'd written, I had written the full second episode and the outline of the rest of the se- season about how it would go in the second season. And obviously when the RTE thing started, which didn't come to fruition in the end due to creative differences, shall we say, um, the, I pulled the plug. But then it, the, the, sec, the second season, which was only one episode, started winning all these awards, as the first one had done as well. And I was like, well, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's one episode, it's a standalone. Yeah. Um, but that was so, so what happened then after that was um, uh, I, I kind of had a couple of, as I said to you, flirtations with a TV series through different mediums and different production companies wanting to take it on and make it into a, a series. Uh, but unfortunately in Ireland, it's quite difficult to get a series on, the, on TV, especially a comedy series, because for such a funny race of people, we actually don't really do scripted comedy very well on our mm. TV networks, at least. Um, they, they're hesitant to take risks when it comes to comedy, um, unless they have BBC backing them, which you'll see with The Young Offenders and, you know. Father Ted and other Father Ted. Well, Father, Father Ted is well. No, RT. That's actually an, an urban legend. RTE never had Father Ted. Yeah, they, no, because uh, uh, the two lads who made it, Linehan and Matthews, were um, were already working in the UK. They were writers on the Fast Show and a couple of sketch shows like that, and then they went straight to, to Channel Four and, and made it. But okay. like the Young Offenders is a, is a co-production with BBC, so therefore they have they have the extra you know bit of creative freedom. Whereas RTE the directive I got that if they were ever going to make my show was that they want a comedy show who a five-year-old can watch with their grandmother and everybody in between. Okay. Now that's not, artistically that puts handcuffs on you, whereas, you know, you're, you're then pandering. You're yeah. not making, you know, no, I get that. I, you know, when you, I get it, I do get it. That's the business and stuff like that. Mm. But so I realized, look, that that's, that's never going to happen with my show. Um, so I, I then said, well, maybe we can make a film. Maybe there's a film in this. Maybe there's a feature film in this. So I wrote a script for a feature film version of The Hurler and ended up, because of writing Home, the, the movie I did where I was the lead in that, that premiered at the Galway Film Fla and it, it, it was all over the world and it was really quite successful for what it was. And then all of a sudden I had people listen to me, oh, well, what do you, what do you want to do next? What would you like to do? And I was like, well, I want to do this. It's my own movie. And my agent shopped it around and um, I I got about half the money that we needed to make it and probably could have made it for that money realistically. 
but would have been very difficult to convince people to work for half money, basically. So yeah. I kept kind of going, oh, no, we'll get the other half, we'll get the other half, and chased and chased and chased. And uh, I got sick of waiting, and I just said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to play this guy forever because I'm, I'm getting older like the rest of us are. Now, we can probably play him for another three or four years. But once, once I hit 40 and Gar is 40, then Gar can't play hurling anymore necessarily, you know? So yeah. I, I said, I, I, I had written a play with a guy called Pat Daly. Um, and I said, you know, I wrote, uh, do you think the hurler would work as a stage play? Because I'm not a theatre guy. So I don't, I don't think in staging, I think in camera. Yeah. And Pat said, um, yeah, I, I absolutely think you should do it on stage. I said, yeah, but how do we work it? Because it's a fake documentary in the web series and the, and the film is not a fake documentary. He goes, yeah, but you wrote a film. I said, yeah. He said, well, that's, that's the story for your stage show. Why don't you do it as a one-man show? And, just, and I said, well, that's what I want to do. He said, well, why don't you tell the story of what happens in your screenplay? And that's your stage play. So I said, great, but will you help me adapt my screenplay for the stage? And he did. And, and then we, we put it on in March. Mm. Uh, we're, we're lucky enough to get the, I won the, the Playwright Producers Grant last year for the, from the Waterford Arts Council to put it on. And we did it on the 5th, 6th and 7th of March. And then about five days later, the world ended. So That's right. That's right. Because we had a clash, unfortunately, I had a show, we had a show, um, Gatton with the Lads. And you were doing your live stage show on the Friday night or the Saturday night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we couldn't we couldn't go up to to, to have a look. But, also, but what was amazing what was amazing to me was how many um, OTT fans travelled down from Dublin and stuff for it. And and yeah, like when 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 you see that stuff and they're and they're sending in cans of monster or other little gifts and stuff into the dressing room, it's um, that's that's kind of like that's the stuff that makes you be kind of proud. To, to be a part of, of wrestling, you know? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. You, you know you're doing something right when, when you're getting people to follow you in a different uh, field. And when the people are so warm to you to do something like that, do you know what? You're, you're doing something right, and, that, and that's great to see. And more power to you. Yeah. I wish you nothing but continuous success uh, in, that, in that avenue as well, when the world reopens. You know? Yeah, please God. Please God. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. So stand up, you don't do a lot of stand up anymore, do you? Or did you? I know the with the OTT stand up show, the one after just this time last year. Actually, actually, no, we're not in March anymore. Sorry, fuck, what happened there? Um, no. Um, About four years since March. I know. Yeah. There we were in March. In my head, because we were just talking about the world ending, because nothing has happened since then except Zoom. <laughs> except um, Zoom, yeah. Are you doing a bit of idea? Idea? Is it something you want to go back to? Like it? Do you enjoy uh, it? So here's the thing, like, so my, I love, I love stand-up. I loved stand-up comedy. Um, but, like, I never saw myself as just being a stand-up comic, you know. I never saw myself as that guy. A lot of people, that's their thing. They just, they're, they're a stand-up comedian. And I love it. I love performing. I love, because stand-up comedy is wrestling. Everything's wrestling, but stand-up comedy is wrestling. You're going out there as a character, basically, and, and doing an act within this character that is Tony Kelly, essentially. And I mean, I, I used it to kind of cut my teeth. In, I think in the entertainment industry, I, I was lucky, blessed to break into the, the comedy business in New York and play all those massive clubs in New York and be a regular there and learn from so many great comedians. And then I wanted to kind of use that to segue into scripted comedy and stuff like that. I had my first comedy album released in 2012, P.S. I Hate You, it's called, and it's kind of about me 
my experiences in my, in my mid twenties in in New York and you know that kind of stuff. And but yeah, I I I, I, I would now kind of what happened. How the hurdler eventually ended up happening on stage was that I was approached by a couple of people saying, "Would you would you write a new comedy hour or, or whatever and, and and tour this new new com stand up?" And I was kind of like, "Well, I've done that." You know, I eventually will go back to it, but I've done that. So that's why I wanted to do the one-man show and almost do stand-up as Gar, more mm. uh, as opposed to me. But yeah. the more I'm kind of sitting in this isolation, I'm kind of going, well, maybe I should write another hour and, and maybe tour a new show. So it's, it's, it is something that I'm thinking about doing, definitely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Were you, you saying about the OTT comedy thing there? Yeah. Did you say that? I did, yeah, I did. Um... What was that like? Uh, did you host? No, you didn't host it. Dwayne hosted it. No. You, um, I heard some stories. I don't think it's. Uh, it's. I don't think it's um, going to be ever shown. Uh, would I be correct in that? Uh, mine could be shown. Mine could be. My set can be. I have my set on video. It could be. It could be shown. No problem. Um, I was. It was. It was the most terrifying experience of my life because, um, I think at the time. People weren't differentiating who I was from my character. I was I I was playing in the show. Mm. Um, they weren't different. They, they I think they thought Tony Kelly was this what you see on the on the OTT show. So they thought it's just you were a prick in real life, basically. Well, yeah. and that, a lot of people a lot of people would agree with that, you know. But that's I think you're lovely. You don't actually you actually wear socks in real life, don't you? Yeah, sometimes. Um, <laughs> You're but not wearing socks right now, are you? I actually am. I'm. Uh, oh, thank Jesus! There he is. There you go. But I still have kind of like. Uh, you know, to the lads. Yeah. So no, but like I, I was terrified that day and and leading up to it. Like Joe had asked me at the Christmas party what I'd be interested in doing it, and the plan was myself, Dan Barry, and Trent Seven was supposed to do it as well, actually. Um, yeah, and I was speaking to Trent at the last show that we had actually before the, all this happened, and I was slagging him, kind of saying that he chickened out, and he just went, "Yeah, I did, I did chicken out," and I was like, "Okay, fair enough." Um, but yeah, the idea was that you know just do do a stand up show, but for me, it's all it's all it's always difficult going and doing stand up uh, anyway because it's so such a difficult thing to do. But to go to go in front of an audience that already hates you before you open your mouth and then make them laugh was, you know, that was a, that was a, a task. So I kind of had this plan that I knew I'd get booed. And then when I arrived at the venue, uh, they put me on first, which I wasn't happy about. Um, and I, there was words, which is, you know, I, I felt like I was being sabotaged uh, by people who were involved in the show. I wasn't happy about it. And we had the words about it and that was fine. Um, but I was on first and then I came out and <laughs> I don't know if you know this, uh, Lynchy, but my music in OTT is rolling by Limp Bizkit. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is which was a setup by, by Joe as a rib. But, uh, so I was coming out to that. But I, I, I had my Tony Kelly jacket, my original one. And I had a t-shirt made of the jacket to wear under the jacket. Mm. And I came out like in the full garb. I had my socks on. And then my idea was that I'd come out and go, you know, get booed. And I'd have the jacket and ready to go. And I go, oh, oh shit, that's, that's tomorrow night, isn't it? Oh, this is a different show. Sorry about that. One second. And I turned my back to give the star with the bedazzled diamonds yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And I zipped off the jacket and I took it off and underneath was a t-shirt version of the fucking jacket. Kind of jacket. So, 
and it got a, it got a laugh and a pop, and I just went, "There we go, that's it." They were that's they were on side because yeah. it was kind of like they knew then. Yeah. They were inside in the joke then, like yeah. They, they they are in on the joke, and then I basically I told a load of stories about about wrestling. I did some of my act, but I actually mostly told stories about wrestling. Like I did I did some CCW stories, and I um I talked about a show I did in New Orleans, a once-off thing that I did that was supposed to be a comedy wrestling burlesque show. It was insane, and an angle that I did with Tracy Smothers, which was electric, such a such a good buzz. Like, yeah, and yeah, almost yeah. barely getting out of there alive, and it was just—it was just a lot of fun, to be honest with you. It ended up being, being a really, really positive experience. But it was honestly the most terrifying night of my life before I actually went on the stage. Terrifying. Good stuff. Um, Doing like stand-up comedy seems absolutely terrifying to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I'm afraid if I like it, just in a group of friends. If I like, I'm afraid to tell a joke sometimes in case no one laughs. Like I can't I imagine fucking doing that with like a hundred people's fucking eyes on you. Like, yeah, I, I yeah, it's it is it's 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 it is all right. But my my hope coming out of all this was that that I can go back to New York for a little while and do some more stand up over there. Hopefully before the end of the year. But if not, then in 2021. That's that's my plan anyway. Good stuff. Love to see a ton. I think we were we had um we had vague plans of doing um. If we before we lost the keynote, we'd vague plans of doing some sort of a uh, an event. I won't quite say a copy and paste like um, like the OTT comedy night, but we were certainly throwing around the idea. Uh, it was Luke's idea. Of, I remember. Uh, we were going to start. We were going to do a roast of justice because why wouldn't you start at the top, right? Uh, yeah, I remember that. And we still might do it if, if venues fucking play pan out, but uh, that'd be something cool. Uh, it would be it would be brilliant, but the the thing about a roast is that you have to write the jokes, you know that you have to. But I think there's a lot of creative people in 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 wrestling, amazingly creative people. So I oh, think yeah. that would really work. Well, it'd be it'd be it was Luke's baby. Like I'd facilitate it, obviously, you know, in Phoenix. But um, I'd fucking have nothing to do except shoot it and put it up on the end demand. Because I mean, uh, I wouldn't be uh, I would task myself as a comedy writer. I'd leave that to yourself and um and Luke and and others and Dwayne and I'm sure Justy. Just these comedy goals anyway, like, and I said, be, cool, be involved, and if we could get some, like, session mod as well. Do you know, the people that will... Um, be great, man. And cook, is there any chance we could entice Joe into roast Justy, uh, you know? So I don't think that would be too hard to entice, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, in public, in public it might be. In public. Anyway, there's no script. There's no script, Joe. You can say what you want. It's something that hasn't been done, and what we were going to do was the night before our, our um, anniversary show, kind of a two night thing and kind of keep doing that then every year but fucking it's all up everything's up in the air now at this point um, tell me about it just back into kind of wrestling again like obviously we have a provisional show book for the 14th of August right well we have a date I don't have a venue yet fingers crossed say a decade of rosary light a candle everyone mm -hmm. indoors and all that um, but we wait and see so we're hopefully to get back 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 in action so you could Tony, Tony you kind of joined us uh, in Phoenix from day one yeah, um, I remember having chats with you when we were farming Phoenix. Do you know what I mean? Throwing a few ideas yeah. away, um, and love. I think yourself and Kean formed a very good commentary team. Um, That's funny as well because I think Kean uh, Kean only knew me from again from being at OTT shows, and I think he got the fight of his life that I did, that I actually took him under my wing, and and uh, you know not to ruin any any kayfabe yeah. or anything like that, but like. Uh, yeah, I think he. <laughs> I don't think he was expecting kind of the. Looks the like partnership. Be nice. 
<laughs> well, yeah, and that, yeah. Well, I suppose that's that's kind of it, yeah. But uh, no, Keen is great, man. He's really, he really, he's a good kid. He is. He's very entertaining, and I think he was slightly starstruck on the first show. Um, yeah. So he's he's um, he he's a wrestling fan, and then suddenly he's in there before before but like before the before the shows, and he's like, oh, "This is deadly." Do you know what I mean? Those wrestlers are here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, no, you're part of you're part of the show. Just oh, relax. No, Keen's great. Yes, yes, yes. So um, fun to get Kean on this. Except the problem is that both me and Kean are awkward bastards. So it might just be you talking to yourself the entire no time. No problem. I just do one of those ones where I'm drinking, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I might give I might give William a Zoom his own Zoom chat. Uh, Good idea. That might work. There, we'll uh, we we'll get some some freaky deaky going. But um, so you jo- you joined us early days, and I think um, Michael May thinks suited you down to the ground, and uh, you had a lot of fun with that. Mm-hmm. We, we we certainly enjoyed it, uh, and this and it's not done, obviously. Mm-hmm. In your time, we did a lot of shows. We did twice in Waterford. We kind of did. A lot, I did too many shows in our first first year. If there's any kind of regrets, it's maybe doing one or two too many for ourselves. But like, what, what, give us a couple of highlights from 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 your point of view from Phoenix and and just general. Um, yeah, and there was a lot to be honest with you. Uh, the one that stands out, obviously, is. Um, the Rocky Mac match with Michael, I think, in in Waterford, the second Waterford show. Yeah. Um, and I'm I, I'm probably biased, but that show wasn't recorded, and I actually think that was maybe I think that it was probably the best show we've we had done yeah. at least well, at least up to that point. That. Yeah, and it was yeah. It, it was definitely my favourite uh, match that myself and Michael participated in. Um, that man, there was. You know, it's it's not a huge venue, but the reaction for Rocky that night and yeah. how much they they wanted us to go down was yeah. it was hot. You know, it was great. I really that was brilliant, man. And, and then Rocky took my head off at the end of it with a super kick, which was you know was what it was or whatever. But you know, um, I loved that. Um, I actually what I loved the. I loved uh, myself and Michael against CT Flexor in a handicap match. That was that was hilarious. Yeah, I think that was the last keynote show we did, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was so enjoyable. We re- both of us really enjoyed that. I think, and I think even CT enjoyed it. He probably won't admit it, but I think even he enjoyed that. Um, but I'm lucky in so much as that, like I get to be involved in the matches with Michael, but I also get to see everyone else's matches because I'm commentating on them as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Man, my favorite my favorite moment that had nothing to do with myself or Michael or anything like that was actually when Raven Creed came out in the unicorn costume and took the oh, yeah. man. That really? was the em- Empress final, wasn't it? With Amy and was, yeah. Debbie. The anniversary show last year, yeah. Man. Did you know that I was in that when I was no, out there? No. No, I think I figured it out. I think I figured it out yeah. right before you took it off, I think. I think, but I want to romantically say that I didn't know. It- there was a total of five people who knew, and it was the two owners and the three girls involved in the match, mm. including me. I, I, I think I figured it out because it, it had to be you. But but I remember the way you were moving, and I think you were even flossing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I did a floss. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was going, it couldn't be her. It just, because not, not even the character of you, but the you that Raven, I know. Yeah, I, me as a person doesn't I know like, I, don't, I don't think it's her. And I was like, hmm. And but when you took, I was so that was a that was brilliantly executed. That angle was brilliantly executed. I loved yeah. that. Um, Matt Schuyler had some brilliant moments as well. I'm not only saying that because of you know, um, I, I, he was a he him breaking out. I think was was really cool for 
for the start of Phoenix. Yeah. Um, the, the, when Ricky Graham broke the bottle off of Terry Thatcher's head in the first show, amazing. We only looked at that again recently. We did a kind of a watch along in, with our own training group just there because we have a lot of new people started over the last while and a lot of people hadn't been there at the show or, you know, or, or hadn't seen it. So most people didn't know. There was two things that they didn't either didn't know or they'd forgotten about. You know, two years later was one Dark Debbie's uh, entrance. Amazing. Phoenix. Phoenix. Was, I, I actually had, had well, I didn't forget about it, but I was like, oh shit, this bit. And, and then the, 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 the smash at the end. That was really well, uh, that was really, that was, a, that was a, the fucking whole crowd was like, oh my God, no one's Superb. Superb. Um, the, the, the chant of We Are Phoenix or whatever it was on the first night was emotional. That was lovely. Um, and um, Katie Harvey's reaction when she came back uh, as the referee for, for that match as well, the, the Empress final. That was really oh. nice, actually. Yeah, she, she said that she, like, it was that was her first time in front of a crowd after she fucked up her elbows, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and like, imagine the emotion for that. Like, even if you're not wrestling, like, you haven't been in front of a crowd for nine months and then you're just like, oh, fuck, and everyone's fucking glad to see you. It must be, yeah. must be mad. That whole, yeah, she was, she was, obviously I had her on my own podcast uh, talking about the whole experience and like uh, you were in the match, Raven, that it happened and, and mm. I was on commentary. It was one of the scariest things I've ever, I've ever experienced, you know. I remember, I actually remember that match and I'm not making it about me, I'm not trying to do that, but everyone in the match, fucking, we, we continued for another like eight or ten minutes just because that happened at the start of the match, but everyone in the match was like, Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. fuck. I, I remember and I said it to Katie as well uh, on the podcast like I thought she was dead yeah I legitimately you could thought hear she was dead. the fucking smack it was disgusting like I can feel it in my stomach thinking about it now but to make it more positive and what I was kind of getting at is that Katie has been a part of two of my favourite moments that happened last year in general in wrestling which was which is the reaction she got at that show yeah when she when she came out at OTT to confront the woke queens for their bullying of CT Flexer. Mm. I didn't know she was coming out. I'd seen her backstage. No, I didn't. And I, I'd seen her backstage and I'd seen her getting her makeup done and I went, oh, she's, Jade is doing Katie's makeup because she's here. And that's, yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. kind of all I thought. And when her music hit, I, there's been a couple of times that I've gotten emotional on commentary for different things, but man, I lost it. It was just amazing. I tweeted something the other day, like, nothing makes you feel like music except professional wrestling. And it is kind of like, you do get moments that, that give you tingles. And kind of that's, I think, you know, like, as well as the support of a thing that I said about some of the fans, um, when you get genuine moments that make you feel something, that's what makes yeah. me still want to be involved through stuff that's maybe not so good. There are yeah, moments, like, moments in wrestling that does, like, it transcends and, like, wrestling is real in those, like, particular moments of, like, the reaction Katie got when she come back wasn't like for the fucking character coming back. It was because Katie was coming back. Yeah, that was like that was fucking real. That was fucking, and I'm sure every emotion that she was showing in that moment was real. Man, like, Jordan, Jordan beating Walter for the belts and and, that was and Katie. Real. Like, I've never come across anything like that in my life, and I've, yeah. I've never. I don't watch back anything that I do or, or listen back to anything that I do, but. I just remember that wasn't me as a character or me as a commentator at the end of that match. It was just, I was just gone. I was, I was yeah. so invested as a fan. Yeah. Right about what you're saying about more, like, 
a show, a, a match is all about the wrestling, but a show is about moments. And people, yeah. your casual fans, I know we're not casual fans, we're hardcore, well in, fucking head first, two feet into the industry. But fans will remember, will come away going, they'll remember four or five moments of a show. Of course. And if, they, if you give them four or five good moments and a good wrestling show, you've kind of done a job from, from a promotional point of view. Um, I do remember the, the, the no, nobody else around us knew that uh, who the unicorn was. And I, we were just like, going, I cannot wait to see. Because you were just there all hugs and fucking, like, this is going to be such a fucking good pop. Like, do you know what I mean? But I remember that. Even we were saying that it was fucking real. Like, in that moment, like, my feelings became real. I just, like, and I ended up, he always fucking hold it against me. I ended up accidentally punching Matt Schuyler in the face when he was holding me back. Yeah, I didn't know that <laughs> against <laughs> It just felt yeah, so real. But listen, look, this is, and this is what I say if anyone ever asks me about some advice about cutting a promo. Like, it has to be real. It, yeah. it has to be real. Because if you, if, if you don't believe what you're saying to me, then I certainly don't believe what you're telling me. You know, yeah, and it, it has to be real. You have to believe it. Even if it's not your real feelings, you have to believe what you're saying. And I've, I don't think I've ever, maybe there's an argument there, but I don't think I've ever opened my mouth and not believed, at least in that moment, what the character of Tony Kelly was, was saying. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all my best promos, like, like any, any, any really good promo that I've ever done, I, like, you have to, like, I have to make it feel real. And like, as soon as I was done filming the promo, I don't feel okay for the next hour because it was so fucking real and the feelings yeah. are still there. The camera bubbling inside, like, yeah. That's, that's it, like, but we're talking about, even just talking about moments and stuff like that. Like, I remember a lot of the matches I commented on, on commented on for Ravens matches for OTT were very emotional for me because I met her when she was, what, what were you, 15 or 16? 16, you probably met me when probably, I Probably, like, like, you know, and to, to see her coming out to, the, to crowds like that as the OTT women's champion and have the fans shout along to that I'm going to hell party your music and stuff like that like that's real that's as real as it gets for me at least anyway you know mm. and like I remember uh, commentating on Martina's gaff party in the Tivoli when you did the sorry no the, the point is it was the same weekend and uh, Sammy Jane won the belt if you remember uh, it was you four way wasn't it it was you yeah. Katie Martina and Sammy. Yeah. And it was my first Tivoli show, my second show ever. And I just remember thinking like, and not to sound too Marrakesh about it or anything like that, but like, OTT is huge. It's a huge thing mm -hmm. worldwide. Like, I, I'll tell you how huge it is. I was in New York Film Academy where I went to school screening Writing Home, the movie that I made a couple of years ago in my old film school, they asked me to come back and give a speech to the students and, and show the movie and do a Q and A and stuff like that. And somebody in New York knew me from OTT and came to see the movie. That's fucking mad. Now that's, that's the reach that that has, right? So yeah. to be, to witness a lot of the moments with, with you as OTT women's champion for me, I mean like, and, and this is not to do any disservice to say the Armstrongs who came up and worked like one or two contenders shows, but like, to come from CCW, which was, everyone knows, you know, a lot of the stuff that went on. And for, for, me, for me and you to be the two from that era who were, I suppose, who were dining at the top table, if you want to say, in, in Irish wrestling, that, that was very real to me, to feel that. Yeah, me too. I, I do remember. I remember when you fucking, you first came up to do commentary and I was like, oh my fucking God, this is class. 
because now I had, I had a CCW friend. I, <laughs> I yeah. had someone else that was like, not necessarily an outsider, but I had someone else that came from a shit place yeah. that now is kind of like so, a, a talented fucking person that's getting what they deserve, like, you know? Yeah, like we, like it's, for, I think anyway, definitely when we were in CCW and OTT was happening and I didn't really know what it was, but that was what, oh, yeah. you know, and, and it felt like very much a closed shop and something that, yeah. not, you know, and for people like us, we wouldn't get an opportunity because we weren't from Dublin. We didn't train up there. We didn't break in up there. And we were kind of like the, uh, like if they were the tie, if they were Andy's ties and tie story, we were Spike's ties next door who had been just put together, you know? And again, and <laughs> no, but it's the best true, analogy I've fucking heard in a long time. But it's the truth. Like, and it's not to take away from, from the Armstrongs because I know it didn't work out like they wanted. Like, you know what I mean? They had a cup mm. of coffee up there and, and both of those boys know that I love them very much. But, for for my for for myself as a non wrestler as well, for just myself and for Raven to be the two of that crop of very talented people, that was that was always something that I felt really emotional about. And to be able to kind of commentate at the international stadium, even on that on that scrapper show, with you as OTT women's champion, and and me and and to think of commentating on you wrestling roughshod. <laughs> But that's yeah, like, yeah. and that's, and again, that's not to do with the How service. How far both of us came, like, yeah. <laughs> that that was always very emotional for me, and always meant a lot to me, you know. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the one thing I was watching. I have a hard drive there. I found a promo torn from your last at night in CCW, and you were doing a promo in the. We, I was actually involved in it. Uh, was, I think it was probably one of my first promos where I, I didn't talk, I just stared on the camera like I shouldn't have, but nobody told me not to because nobody was producing any of this shit. It was me and Burnsy and the Woods Brothers against Bingo, uh, I'm going to say um, Roughshod and uh, the Psychics. Oh yeah. my God, is this the one in the gym? <laughs> you were absolute, I think you might have seen it, uh, Raven. You were fucking <laughs> bit with the flu, Tony. You can hardly stand up. I remember you traveling, and um, well, it wasn't your last one. Was it definitely your second last show? No, it was my last show. The last show was the one, the triple threat. Actually, no, I didn't. I didn't no, my uncle died. The, the, no, my uncle died the day before. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Are we Yeah, so I yeah. didn't make that. But this was the last. This was so the last time. It was my last show. My last show for season. Yeah. Other, other than that one off, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was it. Was coming from there. I'm. I'm. My point was coming from there, in the dressing room where. It was just the fucking shit, the shittest of shows of all time. Yeah. Getting back in, getting in back addressing to OTT, joining us below in Phoenix, which we're delighted to, and seeing you going from strength to strength, just goes to show. Well, it, it's a pleasure, and it's a, it's great to fucking see it. And as uh, Debbie would say, love to fucking see it. Love to see it. Yeah, but that's kind of the thing that I, I don't like, like, I don't want to fucking say I'm a great for anything like that, like, but I respect the shit out of the wrestling business and the craft and always have done. Like, even going back to doing my first show and I, I felt like I had to go to the training sessions if I was going to appear on the show and, like, go into that show that I didn't want to work at. I was having some issues with some people in CCW that weren't Lee, by the way, mm. and um, didn't want to go to the show, felt like I was being bullied by some people, a person, um, still showed up to that show with the flu you know, and even to OTT, like I think I tweeted back at my anniversary during uh, back in March of, of my show. Like I remember lying to Joe and telling him that I'd be in Dublin because he was like, hey, it's too far away. You're coming from Waterford. It's too far. I was like, no, 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 I'm going to be in Dublin. And I wasn't. Snow. Yeah, but I, I booked a hotel room and paid for a hotel room to stay overnight to do the show. And there's been so many things that I've, I've done, I, I think, you know, 
to make it to shows. Like, like uh, those Belfast shows, like I have to do like a, a 500 mile round trip or something like that. You know, and that's, I suppose I, I love it. Like, you know, I do, I do love it. And like I was saying to you, like, there is a lot of, there is a lot of stuff that I don't love about, about wrestling. And it's, I've, I've made no, no kind of secret of it publicly that it hasn't been great for me all the time, even over the last six months or so, or, or maybe eight months now, you know, but it's those moments that we're talking about that make it, well, the, the, the actual bell to bell show and performing is, it's a buzz like it, like me walking out of that curtain for OTT. And again, this is not to take anything away from Phoenix. I'm just using it as an example. Yeah. And to hear, like I can't see because sometimes when I walk through the spotlight comes comes into my eyes and I don't see, but they see me straight away. And to hear the change in, oh, here's the start of the show. Oh no, here's Tony Kelly. Boo. And to hear that, or when Angus McAnally hands me the microphone and I strut into the middle of the ring and that atmosphere changes, man. That's a buzz like that's a buzz like I've never you're never gonna feel anywhere else. Like I don't feel that when I go out to do stand-up. I actually didn't feel it in my one man show. Now now walking out in your hometown to a standing ovation is is wonderful. Or like even like in my acting career, I just did a I did a show for Netflix back in October and that was amazing. But it's still not walking out in front of two and a half thousand people in the national stadium and booing you. Yeah, There's something about it, man. There's something yeah. about it. No, I don't you know what kind of person. You have an actor. I mean, uh, I don't mean this in a bad way, but unfortunately, in, in in Dublin and in OTT, a lot of times they don't allow heels be heels. They just everybody's get cheered. But uh, it, there's a couple of people that, that that doesn't work for, or that that like um, no, definitely. And the other one is say that again. Sorry, you're definitely one of those people that 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 they I can get over as a heel rather than just everyone get over because everyone just wants to cheer for everybody because it's such a well fan I will say I will say this and this might be controversial but I don't care um I don't necessarily mean wrestlers but some people want to be everyone's pal and everyone's yeah. friend and oh like my tweets and uh, oh give me a high five while I walk through the crowd no you're a fucking heel do your fucking job yeah. And I don't necessarily mean the wrestlers. I'm just talking about people in general. I'm not, I'm not yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. anyone in particular. My job is to be the bad guy announcer and to get booed. That's my job, right? Yeah. So I'm going to do my job. Yeah. You know, and if someone asks me for a picture after the show, they're getting a picture with Tony Kelly from the show because that's what they... For me, that's what they paid to see. That's what I'm getting... That's what I'm getting booked to be. I'm not yeah. getting booked to suck up to people... And to um, oh, I'm a bad guy, but, yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. but really, I'm sound. Will you give me a high five and follow me on Twitter? No, yeah. here's your entertainment. This is what you paid to see. If I get paid to play a bad guy in a film or in a in a TV show or something like that, I'm not going to be a, a bad guy half hours. I'm a bad guy, but I'm really sound. Let's have a few cans together. I'm sound. Let's all get together and have a party. No. Yeah, no. I think I think you're 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 uh, not a young fella. Me and you are, are been around the block a couple of times. You have that level of maturity that knows what their job is. Um, maybe, maybe you know, other people mightn't because they're still young in the business or whatnot. Or, I'm just, I, I just think, I think people are afraid to be booed, and maybe there's something wrong with me uh, deep down that I want people to not like me. And like, I, 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 I don't know. I think maybe I have always thought about this. Like, what kind of person wants to be in a show and wants people? to boo them and you know and I, I think there's got to be some sort of psychological thing there where it's like maybe it's a fear of rejection and if I get you to hate me I'm choosing you to hate me rather than 
mm. you're not deciding not to like me. I don't know. But I just Damn, you're always... really psychoanalyzing yourself. You okay, hon? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that like I just think that if you're and I mean like I mean this like from the WWE downwards. Yeah. If your if your job is to be to get booed, get booed. Don't like yeah. just do it. I think that like I completely agree with you I really do yeah, so but I do think that it's a lot harder to be an actual heel kind of nowadays like with the with internet and with fucking everything because like the whole thing of like kayfabe is dead uh, if you want it to obviously be obviously then that ruins it but yeah, if you want it to be exactly yeah but like people are posting like heels like horrible heels what might be posting like a photo with their family at the beach or something like that and they're just putting that on their own fucking public Instagram and they're allowed to do that but then that kind of, of ruins the aura of like this is a horrible person you know and then people kind of but I don't that's know like, I, I just think that it's a bit harder and as well the thing is like in OTT all the fans are so like like OTT for fans will cheer you if you walk out to the ring and take a shit you know what I mean like not totally killing, they just not, yes, not Grizzled Young you know? they're the three they're the three that I've seen in Ireland who was the third? sorry uh, Grizzled Young Vets Grizzled yeah. Young Vets yeah and MJF, they're fucking heels for life. OTT or no OTT, there's like, yeah, they get that reaction and they're fucking professional as it is, lad. Yeah, and I think that's what, it, like, I think, I, I don't have t-shirts to sell, so it's maybe easy for me to say, yeah. to say that, but I think if your job is to be the bad guy commentator, then be the fucking bad guy commentator and yeah. uh, and take the heat. I mean, uh, we when we did the stadium show, that star bet Devlin for the belt, I got into a fight with a fan uh, while I was walking backstage. The ring was being taken down, but I got into a verbal confrontation with a fan. And you know what? I he 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 came up to me, or was it? I don't know. Basically, what I'm trying to say is now he has a story to tell after the show. He's still getting his money's worth. The show is over. The bell rang. The ring's being taken down, and he still got healed off somebody. <laughs> he, you know what I mean? He gets to go and go. I, I, I gave that Tony Kelly fellow. You know, I, I gave it to him. Brilliant. There you yeah. go. There, you know, and that's. I think that's. I see that as that's my job to do that. You know, until the, until the car door closes and Tony Kelly has left the building. Tony. Uh, yeah. Come on. And I love it. We'll, use, um, we'll take a little break here. We we'll call this the end of part two, and we'll be right back with uh, a couple of more chats and the infamous. Brawl for all that Tony Kelly's going to book for us. I forgot about that. Boom. <laughs> okay, lads, back to the part three, final part. Before we get on to the brawl for all, Tony, big sports fan, as I can see behind you, right? Uh, Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't get into talking about the Premiership because I'm only going to start crying. And, um, you know, yeah. nobody wants to see me cry again. Um, are you a football fan? NFL. Gaelic football. Oh, no, NFL. NFL. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm a, obviously, I think I don't make any secret. I'm a huge Liverpool fan. I'm in my dad's yeah. Liverpool room recording this. I'm a se- I have a season ticket for Anfield. You know, yes. I've, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I used to be a big NFL fan. Um, I'm a Jets fan, which, you know, which is not great. Yeah, I know that. We all, I always slag you about that. Um, I have, I've, I've kind of, I'm way more of a casual fan than I used to be now. Um, right. I don't know why. I, I, I used to love it. I think maybe because I was maybe living there full time. Yeah. I really got into it. I've I've kind of been an NFL fan since about 2002, before I even went to America. Yeah. And um, yeah, the, the, I was going. I I, lo- I always loved New York even before I went there. And I they have the Jets and the Giants, obviously. And the Giants were wearing blue, and I associate that with Everton, even though I'm from Waterford. 
So okay. I went, ah, I'll be a Jets fan instead because I can't follow a team in blue, even though I follow Waterford FC. But anyway, uh, yeah, so no, I, I, I've, I still am a casual viewer, but wouldn't be as passionate about it as I was. Yeah, I yeah, still yeah. should be following it. But you're a Man United fan who follows the Patriots. What a shocker. But then again, I balanced it off because I follow, I'm a big baseball fan as well, and I'm following really like the Yankees. You're a Yanks fan, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So when I went over to see Burnsy um, in Canada, Canada a couple of years back, it was fucking, uh, well, uh, he was off cleaning skyscrapers. I was watching the playoffs. The Yankees were beating, where they would be the, the Houston Astros and all that kind of stuff. So. Well, there's a Yankees, there's a Yankees pendant in here somewhere, and there's a Yankees bear right there that I'm looking at because obviously Class. New York. I was in, the, yeah. I, I lived in New York when they won the World Series in 2009. It was amazing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. I have a Yankees hat somewhere as well, but it fucking, it got destroyed. It's a, it was one of the old school Yankee hats I got in uh, Lids over in um, San Diego. Yeah. One of the really old school, it was when they were kind of green pinstripes. It's class. Yeah. Fucking thing got destroyed. Anyway, I digress. Um, sorry for boring it there, Raven, in our sports chat. I, was, I know nothing about sports. I'm sorry. I'm literally in a college sport. I just want to get a flavor for. for I was going to say. I literally, I recently wrote uh, one of my final college assignments was detailing a session plan for an elite soccer team. I don't even go. know the fucking rules of soccer. Well, like that's what I was going to say. You're, 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 you're studying sports. What is it like? Yeah. An, yeah, and you're a professional athlete essentially, yeah. and you don't like sports, but you are a sports. Well, person, it's not that so I, don't, I, I am a sport. So I have qualifications in you are coaching. A sports. I, I am a sport. Yeah, I have qualifications sport. in coaching, athletics, and hurling. Um, <laughs> I, I can't even. Do you know that thing that they do where they roll the ball and they pick it up with the hurley? Can't do that. Yeah, you're a coach. <laughs> hey, that you're thing they roll the ball. <laughs> I have, a, I have a show called The Hurler. I played one hurler match in my life when I was 10 and I scored a goal with my left foot. Nice. <laughs> there you go. Oh, no. I, but, um, I feel like, I feel like I'd, I'd probably get in, into like American sports, like fucking American football like you were just on about or baseball or something like that. Yeah. yeah like, I feel like they're a little bit more like, they're a little bit more American about it. You know what I mean? You know what? Baseball is great when you're in a pub watching it with people so you can kind of just check in in the background mm. I find it well very baseball looks boring as fuck if you were to actually go to an event like but I'd say in a pub would be fun yeah it's, it's, I like baseball on on that level and American football is just amazing like I, I was also there when the Giants won the Super Bowl against the Patriots in oh, January cool. of 2012 that helmet catch That's American it. football is just a bunch of like 250 pounders running head first into each other giving themselves like concussions like that sounds fun as fuck you know there's a joke in that but I'm not going to touch due to the wrestling connection. <laughs> so basically, say, ask, right? ask, Aaron, ask Aaron Hernandez how fun it was. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> so we do this thing. Uh, we do this thing. We 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 book. Um, we book the, the Irish broad for all. So we'd like your thoughts. UFC fan. You mean do you, do you watch? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, I've, I've always been a big UFC fan. Uh, ruined somewhat by the emergence of a certain scumbag from Dublin. Um, and the and the the fan base he's brought with him. But, is that a um, controversial opinion anymore? Like Conor McGregor's or a scumbag, or is everyone just kind of like accept? I will this? I will tell you how how it's not controversial anymore because we had an OTT show in Tala. You were definitely working on it um, last summer, and I was trying to get some heat by saying how this how embarrassing. Uh, that we had, I think, what was I trying? Oh, Maxer was working Jordan, and I was trying to big up Maxer in the promo. And I said, How disgraceful it is that we've no Irish sporting heroes here. There was a women's world cup this year, and Ireland got knocked out straight. Oh, no, Ireland weren't even in the thing. 
And then I said uh, something else, and then I referenced the fact that Conor McGregor is an absolute disgrace, and it, the pop could have lifted the roof off the building. Jesus. Yeah. So if they're cheering me, I'm very. That's nice that that's accepted. That people don't actually think that he's a fucking national hero anymore. That just accept he's a fucking scumbag who has a great yeah. taste in suits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, I, I, uh, I, I, I would have been a massive UFC fan back in the day, and she, um, yeah. Kind of got into it watching it with my uncle and stuff like that because he was a big jujitsu and um, judo player. Yeah. So that kind of got me into it back in early two thousands. Maybe used to rent a lot of the videos from the. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm watching a lot of old school UFC as well. I I I saw Conor McGregor fighting in the National Basketball Stadium mm-hmm. before he was ever in UFC in uh in 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 Cage Wars and Cage Wars. New York to Madison Square Garden to to, to see him win the double belts. I in the Paul, like I'm so disappointed that he was a fucking hero of mine previous to all this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking Well to 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 steal a quote from Bill Shankly, if he was fighting at me back out and I closed the curtains. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But and and, and just before we got to the broad front, I just I, what what my question was revolved, I just watched a, a highlight package for um a, a UFC documentary that they're doing on Stephen Bonner and fucking uh, Griffin. Um not Griffin, fucking what's his name? You know the one I'm talking about, the UFC, UFC Ultimate Fighter 1 final. Forrest Griffin, Forrest Griffin. Griffin and, and Stefan Bonner, yes. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I've actually seen uh, Forrest Griffin's dick in person. Oh, yeah. Yes, oh. Uh, we went to, we, I was in Vegas in December of 2010, I think, and we kind of blagged our way into Extreme Couture's gym. Myself and my buddy Spud, and uh, it was the, Frankie Edgar and Gray Maynard were fighting each other. Uh, which is a legendary fight. Now they fought, mm. I think, three times. I think it was the second of their three fights, and um, we were in watching Gray train for that fight, man, which was amazing. And uh, Forrest Griffin was in walking out as well, and he took the time for us, especially when he heard the Irish accents, and gave us all the time in the world. And then we came down, we watched him work out. Then he went for a shower, came down in his towel, and gave us a shout, and then showed us his dick. <laughs> yes, what a legend, Griffin. There you go, man. All right, so listen, we'll get into this. Um, what we need to do is just anyone on the island um, qualifies for this. And the only one that we allow in as any kind of an import is um, um, Mr. Billy Ever himself because he has Irish parents and an Irish passport. So, okay. so give me your age. We go match one, match two, match three, match four, all the way down. I've actually watched a couple of these in preparation because mm-hmm. I didn't know this was going to be a thing. And then I actually forgot again. But I'm disappointed nobody picked me yet to fight in any of these. But then again, intimidation is a factor. This is, this is so, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. true. This is true. Um, okay, be well, to be honest, wouldn't it? I think so. I mean, it would it would ruin a lot of people's reputations to get beaten up by a commentator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Six foot one, though, in fairness to you. But, uh, yeah, no, yeah. I haven't I done mine yet, so I'll bear that in mind. Um, and um, yeah, okay, let's go. Okay, um, well, the f- very first person that comes straight into mind is Scotty Davis. I'd have to have him in there. Yeah. Because yeah. he's the shooter, first of all, and he's been known to double leg a couple of fellas in public if they get out of line. Scotty Davis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I don't think he'd mind me even say, like, you know, I just know for a fact that if anyone gets out of line, he's the kind of guy you want uh, at 18 or 19 years of age back in York. Jesus, yeah. Absolutely, what a young for for, for, for you, I can't believe he's only that age. He's been on for so long. Go on. Isn't that weird that he could probably beat up like ninety nine percent of the people on this island, and he's younger than me, and I'm young as fuck. You know? Yeah. That annoys it's, me. 
Yeah. It annoys me as a man that I know that annoys you. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> doesn't, doesn't, doesn't annoy me as an old man. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that sucks. No. Um, okay, so are these are all against each other. In that, this is the way I have to do it. Uh, yeah, let's let's go through a run by run. Yeah. So second pick is against your first pick. Yeah. So I need an opponent for Scotty. All right. Um, see, my issue when I do anything like this is that something will come into my head, right? And then I can't get that out of my head to think of. You no, know, like that doesn't yeah. suit, but yet I can't stop thinking about that thing. So hang on, let yeah. me. So Scotty Davis against um, Ballymun Bruiser. Okay. We love her. That would be a love her. That'd be a right fucking scrap. And I'll tell you why I'm I'm doing that. It wasn't my initial thought, but the reason why I'm doing that is because um Scotty and Bruiser had a match or I don't know whether it was part of a tag match or whatever in uh, in Phoenix. I re- I wish I could remember. Um obviously I see a lot of four way. So was it a four way? Yeah. Yeah. When well, that was like the second show, was it maybe? Second show, yeah. Yeah. Do you know who else was in the match? LJ maybe? LJ, LJ, LJ and Steve, and I think. I think LJ and Steve, because we did do a gimmick with Steve who was injured. Correct, correct, correct. And uh, Bruiser was doing his usual, where he was trying to light up Scotty with his chops. And uh, you could see the part of the match where Scotty went, I'm not having this. And just started laying in kicks. <laughs> just started laying proper kicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bruiser. Yeah. And um, it, was, it was funny. It really made me laugh, and I still think about it now uh, yeah. because you know it, Bruce as a vet, he's been around a long time, and Scotty was seventeen at the time, and just went, "Nah, not having this," and just started kicking back. So that I think that would be a good fight and good a good match in a brawl for all. It would, it would. Who's going over? Scotty Davis versus Bruiser. Or do you want to do the first um, all the qualifying matches kind of first, and then go on to the semi-finals, or? Do your call. Your booking it. I'm only facilitating it. But what way do you usually do it? I don't care. We've done them both ways. We've done them both ways. Okay, but I th- I think youth will be on the side here. I think Scotty would. Oh, purely because of youth, I think, and exuberance. I think um, if Bruiser didn't catch him early. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think, I think he'd be fine. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. if he did catch him, it's lights out. But uh, I agree. I agree. But I think I think the. Scotty double would be spri- sprightly double leg, I think, yeah, and yeah, yeah. obviously in a brawl for all, it's not all about getting knocked out. You could get choked out or something as well. So exactly, exactly, yeah, exactly. Okay, so Scotty's true. Uh, next one. And also, by the way, a good wrestler will always be a good striker. We know that. Yep. There you go. Boom. Um, okay, so I think Liam Ryle is the one who came into my head a second ago when I was thinking about Scotty. Because uh, Liam, I think Liam used to do some karate or kickboxing or something like that as well before he bulked okay. up. So that would make him a dangerous individual, I think. Plus he's an um, and a dangerous individual anyway. A big dude, yeah. See, if this was a private conversation that we were having, I'd say someone that I hate and want Liam to tear the face off him. I'm not going to do that because I'm such a great politician. Um um, if you can mind read, I have it written down, but in here, no, no, it, it, to be honest with you, like there's a couple of people, so you wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> I'm only messing. Um, who would I actually? Uh, so hang on, Liam Royal, who would be a good who would be a good opponent for Liam Royal, though? I think, um, 
What about Nathan Martin? Ooh. Okay. Why? Because I'll tell you what it is. But Nathan just will not back down from anybody. Okay. Like, he... I think it was against uh, the Lucha Bros. And and uh, he was in a chop-off with um, Pentagon, I think. And he was just... Like, Nathan was getting hit very, very... Uh, hard I suppose and just kept coming back and I think that's kind of like part of why Nathan is kind of like what he is the psycho or whatever you know <clears throat> uh, tenacity is the word I'm looking for and I kind of like the idea of a big man little man dynamic as well Good stuff. So think wins. Nathan versus I think Liam, Liam. would win but I think it, I think it would almost blow Liam up or almost kill Liam to keep Nathan Dale. Yeah. Okay, we need to bear that in mind. A, a, a half injured Liam Royal is in the semi final. We we won't yeah. Scotty there you go. Liam. We can, we leave you pick your semi finals. No, no, that no no that's that's exactly what I'm kind of setting up here. Okay. Um, Next one. Okay. Well, see, it's it's funny, like because I should have had this prepared and I didn't. But like when you're trying to think of people, it's you're, better you're, when you're, you don't have it prepared. You're gonna you're gonna leave you're gonna leave people out then, you know. Basically, whoever you don't say in this, you immediately think they're a little bitch. You immediately <laughs> hate. You immediately okay think that, that they're a fake wrestler. <laughs> but you have to, you also have to remember that I just said oh, what a great politician I am. So anyone I'm leaving out, I actually love and don't want to offend you in any way, shape, or form because that's me all over. Um, so you, so you don't like Scotty, who you already put in. Basically. No, 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 no. If I, if I do, if I, if I put them in, I like them because, I, as I said, I wouldn't mention somebody. I'm, I'm the kind of person who, if I don't like somebody, I can't even say their name. Mm. So there you go. Love um, a politician, Jeez, Jesus, this is brilliant. <laughs> um, I think everybody's had Phil Biden though, so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm in between whether to put Phil. Yeah, because I think that's quite obvious, and Phil is a tough bastard anyway. I remember when we did that Limerick show where we did that angle with Steve Savage and um, the G train, Graham McCormick. Um, Graham was a great guy, actually. Um, I remember getting, I got involved in that to kind of break it up. And um, Phil screamed in my face, man. And I'm not afraid of many men, despite my appearance. And um, that was scary. That was scary. Mm. That's something I regret we couldn't do with schedules and by the time schedules matched it was too late to do it. It was over, yeah. Um, we were going to do a, a semi kind of a brawl fucking uh, between McCormick and, and Phil. Uh, we were going to do a match whether it was going to be a boxing match or a wrestling match or just a shoot match. We were going to do something but and both, both parties were really keen to do it and it would have been the storyline around it would have been really cool but just fucking schedules just couldn't match up. One was training professionally to be a boxer or is a, is a professional boxer and then the schedule was for Phil couldn't work either, so yeah. No, I'm. I'm we were like that would have been a really cool angle. Would have been great. Would have been great. There was that was a lot of heat behind that as well. It was great. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm trying to think of people that haven't because I think like a lot of people have said Justy as well, and Justy's a hardy bastard, and you know Phil and stuff like that. So I'm just trying to leave people out that you know just to make it a little bit different. And um. Mm. Okay, I have one. I have one. You like this one, didn't you? Right. So, Bedlam Billy Lynch. All right. Against. Dano Burns. Hey, hey. Of the small man. <laughs> battle of the bald men and the battle of the scum of the south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scum of the I, south implored. I think that would be a, an interesting matchup. Told you. Told, told. Yeah, I think, that, and I think you, I think you'd take him. 
but I think it will be a situation. <laughs> I think it will be a situation where it would be like the Nathan Martin and, and Liam Ryle situation. I would think yeah. Burnsy would need to be made. You need to make sure that he's not getting back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I nearly have to kill him. <laughs> yeah. And he, he'll laugh at that, I think, as well. Like, anyway, I'm going to win this now because you're a politic bastard. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say so. <laughs> I'm just happy to be out of the first round. My only politics, my only politics that I that I do agree with is trying not to name names when I'm getting passionate about stuff. That's all. That's yeah, no, I've, I've yeah, I've been close a few times on this as well to being like, and this fucking person in this fucking one case scenario, yeah. Yeah, no, that's my only. Uh, that's the only politic that I actually do is not outwardly saying someone's name. Um, okay, so how many so matches? Who do you think the most overrated wrestler in Ireland? In Ireland. <laughs> Don't actually answer this. Don't actually answer. No, that, that that's <laughs> that would be um, cause for a dismissal. I would have thought. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you won last. Uh, you won last first round. Last Two more wrestlers. Two more wrestlers. Um, Okay. Um, let's have a little a little think here now, right? Was that the most waterfall I've ever sounded, by the way, when I just said that? I love that. I thought so. I don't do my Tony um, impressions when you're around, see, so... I it's the worst impression... Right, okay, so... Lynchy <laughs> thinks he can do a Tony Kelly impression, and it's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. It's terrible. It's not a good impression. And look at her laughing there as if it's funny, like... No, <laughs> I remember once we were coming back from a Dublin show, like, uh, I, I don't know why, you must have, like, drove me up to Dublin or something like that. And we were coming back, and it was around 2 a.m., and both of us were just, like, delirious and trying to keep each other awake. And we started doing impressions of you. Yeah. <laughs> no oh, but, like, in my impression, you you've told me this story before and I remember how hot I got about it as well I got really hot about that, and ma- no, I think mainly because yeah, you, you're the one who broke the news to me about all this, and <laughs> I. But I remember you telling me that about the the foot thing, and like I, I that's actually have to turn on my stomach. You think I can't look at my own feet? I hate. I have like a really aversion to it. It's disgusting. <laughs> oh, I think Luke, um, Luke told you, but why does he do it? Why does he do it? And you came out the back to me, and I was doing something, and you were like, "Are you doing an impression of me? Do it!" I'm like, what? "It's like no." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah. I don't. Who the who the fuck can I put into this? Last two. Some hardy bastards in Ireland. Someone who you wouldn't want to punch off of, basically. Like. Do you know who I'm going to put in? I'm going to put uh, Carol, a CT flexor. That's what I put in. Yeah. Carol is a hardy bastard, and there was. There's a famous story that took place on a Phoenix show that I definitely not allowed to tell on a, on a public podcast that he had a run-in with a certain person who, actually, I can tell the story if I don't name who the person is, Lynchy, can't I? Yeah, sure, sure. There was, a prob- there was a problem that happened in a match and it's, I'm not even going to tell the story. It's just one of the best lines I've ever heard in my life. And the line goes, I wasn't there because I was commentating, but I was told by several people that 
there was a little bit of like it happens in the ring there was a little bit of a back and forth and it was fine after this but someone said something about you want to learn how to work to Carl and Carl said what the fuck are you talking about my my work my work is as tight as your grandmother's knickers yeah Correct. that is the best line I've ever heard in my life I love Carl anyway but like mm. that is one of the best lines ever but I'd like to see, I think Carl is a hardy bastard I'd like to see him in this and facing Carl last last spot in the Tony Kelly brawl for all what would what would what kind of person and friend and manager would I be if I didn't put Michael in, in this? Oh, yes. Got to put Michael over at every opportunity. There you go. Well, you have an opportunity to put him over a CT flexor right now, Tony Kelly. I think, I think again, it's a, it's a situation like what we said earlier with Bruiser and Scotty. I think if Carol didn't lay in, get, get Michael on the jaw or something like that, yeah. I think Michael would wrestle Carol into submission. So we've got Scotty, Liam Royal, Billy Bedlam and Michael May in the semi-finals of the Broad for All. Actually, I want to tell a funny, another funny, I love Carl so much, right? So, like, I, I, managed, I managed rough stuff in OTT for a couple of shows, right? And the first, the first, um, I had forgotten he was, he was working as CT Flexer and I remember him as Carl Bull O'Reilly, right? Yes. And I had, for, I just yeah, completely yeah, yeah. forgotten, I'd completely forgotten. So I, um. He, it, it was him and Paul Scarf against Martina and Paddy Morrow. But by the way, Paddy Morrow, man, there's a guy I'd love to manage. Paddy Morrow, man, is, I love him first of all, just personally, but like the best worker that this island has ever produced, in my opinion. Mm. Mm. Best seller, best psycho the psychology, man. Paddy Morrow is so underrated, just unbelievable. But Paddy came back. And I remember, man, I'll never forget the pop from when he appeared on the screen that time because he hadn't been around for a while uh, to, to join up with Martina and wrestle Roughstock when they were acting as my muscle. Um, so I remember I was at ringside shouting, come on, Carl, come on, Carl, <laughs> like during the whole match because I'm very vocal and stuff like that during a lull in the match. And he came back to me backstage and he was legitimately hot. Like he had a, it was a great match. It was so, like it was such a hot angle. And he came back and I was like, that was great. Oh my God. He was like, my name is fucking CT. I'm not wrestling as Carl anymore. You fucking idiot. And I like, I still, and to this day, he knows like, I, if I see him backstage, I'm like, I go, all right, CT. I've never made the mistake of calling him Carl, even outside of the, the <laughs> again. So funny, man. He's such a funny boy. But um, yeah, so that's, that's where we're at. So where we're at with the semifinals then? So Scotty and Liam, um, um, in one semi-final, myself and Michael May and the other. Is that the way you want to leave that? You, Yourself, to you and Michael and, yeah, and Scotty and, oh, fuck. Oh, oh. Or you can mix that up. You can mix it up. You're, you're booking it. I'd like to see Michael and Liam because of the, because of the, really? the, whole, the whole relationship. Maybe you want to keep that for the final, no? If they get through. No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think Michael May has a chance of beating Billy Bethlehem. That's part of it as well, yeah. You don't need politics. It's okay. But here's the thing, like, I want to see you and... I want, I want to see... No, I want to see... You're, you're, you're stepping on my punchline that I'm setting up here the whole way through. Okay. See, I, the reason why I need to see you and Scotty in the semi-final is because I need to see him suplex you again 20 times in a row. <laughs> well, well, I'm knocked out, is it? You're unconscious, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I've heard that version of the story, but... um. Mm. Yeah, I heard he gave you like 15 or 16 German suplexes in a row. 
Well, what what version of the, I'm interested to know? There was a couple of different versions of the, the story. No, I, I I obviously watched uh, the other podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, right. I heard, and I heard you referencing it, but I, I all I'd heard is that you had a match and he gave you a load of German suplexes. There was no yeah. real more. Like. Yeah, yeah. That's some it. people some people said that I was knocked out after three and he kept drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? So is, this bed, is this Bedlam's revenge that I get to? Go? The only time I've seen you get knocked out is when when Bruce is clotheslined in in Waterford. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Bruce got backstage. There's a lot of people I'd like to knock out. You're not one of them. Yeah, that sounds right. that sounds that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so um, me and Scotty, you and Scotty, yeah, um, and Michael and Liam. Um, it's a good job this is only fun and games and no one really gives a shit isn't it oh, um, I see, see a lot of this is all dependent on whether someone lands a shot or not you know what I mean mm. well, I tell you for a fact if I don't headbutt somebody in the first yeah. if I don't headbutt Scotty Davis in the first 10 seconds I'm out I'm, I'm done I, that's, that's what I, I I think the same thing as well yeah. now, okay. I, would never, I, don't, I don't throw me head I never have done but unless I think I'm kind of the same as you, that if I land, I'm a horror. Like I'm, I, I was playing G8 till I was talking to ads. Like that's my back. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm yeah. fucking horror. Like with grass stains on my pants and that. My thing has always been if they don't go down when I hit them first, then we're, yeah. I'm in I'm trouble. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's always. I, I just write Scotty down here. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I, I'm, I, there's no, um, there's no hesitation. I do, I do think he would, he would take you. If oh, absolutely. If you didn't land, um. If it didn't Just happy to get course. to the semi final. Mm. So who did, who me, uh, me and Liam is the real is the real uh, one we're talking about here. Yeah, there's that's like that's a really difficult one, I think, because again, you're looking at a wrestler versus now Michael is well able to strike as well. His chops are fucking lethal, apparently. Um, I'm luckily enough, I haven't felt one, but um. Yeah, I was coming into a going. I think Michael would take Liam, but now the more I'm thinking about it. Although I say that Liam would be in bits after fighting Nathan. Yeah, he did, yeah. That's a fucking, that's a big fucking variable right there. Yeah. I think, again, I think Michael would take Liam in wrestling ways. I think he would wrestle him down. But then you're dependent on, no, I think, yeah. I think after coming out of that. So we're seeing a, a legit 100 um, final. Yeah, that's what I wanted originally. Yeah. Not just a complete reunion. We're not a complete reunion. Just two members of Legit 100. The other person's not there. Um, was, was there a third? Oh. <laughs> yeah, there was. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Scotty versus Michael May. So tempted right now. So <laughs> holding my tongue. Um, yeah, no, I saw he uh, he put himself in, in, in some... In some Twitter hot water with me before over, over something silly he tweeted, so I don't really give a fuck about that. Who's um, the 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 the, the other member of Legit One Hundred that isn't. Oh, okay. Are, got you. Um, uh, you've just distracted me there, now, Lynchy. You've, you've distracted me with thoughts with thoughts of rants. Um, <laughs> so Scotty versus Michael May, the fuck, <laughs> <laughs> the um, All Ireland Final, Croke Park. Do you know, man. In fairness, right beyond anything else, right, beyond any laughing and joking, how great of a of a of a just a shoot like wrestle. You know, like when Lesnar and Kurt Angle that famous mm. that famous story. Like that. Well, how great would that be just as the grapple? You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think I have to put Scotty over, lads. Why? Why do you think he'd win? Well, if you interfered in the match, as as. Uh... But see, this is it. Like, this is my. These are my There's two shoot finishes. wrestling for fuck's no, sake. No, but there, this is my. Distract him. These are my two finishes. My, I think. Good. I think. See, Scotty, like, is a tough little bastard, right? And I've heard stories of him double legging guys outside chippers and stuff like that, right? For getting cheeky with different people, right? He loves all that. Um. Then he's he's also like a proper gold medalist freestyle amateur mm. champion, like. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's very like it's very difficult. To, to forget about that Michael is obviously the technician it's brilliant but I think if you I think if you push the, 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 a young fella from Finglas who's willing to double leg lads outside of chippers and dig the face off him mm. that's adding a le- that's adding another level to the, the wrestling level yeah. but then again that's why I didn't put Phil Boyd or Justy in this because it would have just been a Phil Boyd and Justy actual scrap in the final mm. Thank God knows who the fuck wins that. That's something I want to see, to be honest with you. Love to see it. Well, there's a couple of like, there's a couple of shoot fights I'd like to see, but most of them involve me and other people. I was just about to make that exact joke. Holy shit! There you go. <laughs> there you go. go on, so who are we, are, fight are, we, are we? Are we finalizing on Scotty? Yeah. Boom. Tony Kelly's brought for all champion Scotty Davis. I think that's two Scotty winners, is it? Think so. Yeah. See, I, like I, I, uh, I, I find it hard to look past wrestlers always. Even in when I watch UFC, I love a wrestler. Um, yeah. but I also find it hard to look past like when it comes to street fighting. Yeah. You know, when it comes to someone who has the balls to put it to put it up to someone. Mm. In, the, in that's it. Like it's all well and good saying like I'll dig the head off you. But when there's someone, like, I know for a fact that Scotty has stood up for people in the street, say, and, like, dealt with issues. And it's, that's a fucking, that's a, that's a, that's, that's a tough thing. Real life experience thing. It is a real life experience. And unless you've been in a fight, legit, I'm not talking about, oh, we're in the ring and things got a bit heated. I'm talking about being in, being on the street with someone, someone starts and you give them a fucking smack in the chops. That's experience that you can't. You can't teach that as Enzo oh. Amore would have said. Yeah, yeah, you can't teach that. And on that note, we're going to end this uh, absolutely fucking enthralling conversation, Tony. It was a pleasure having you on. Um, it's a pleasure seeing you. It's been too long since, um, obviously, with fucking all this fucking quarantine, we haven't seen anybody. But um, looking forward to getting, 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 hopefully, the things back on track in, in August. And if not in August, it'll be September, I'm sure of it. Um, and you know what? It's always a pleasure spending some time with you. So thanks very much for doing it. And uh, yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. And uh, Miss Raven Creed, it was very good to see and speak to you as well. I haven't seen you for ages, God. Probably to catch up with you, to be honest. Come here and tell you how can we how can we end this? Do the do the Tony Kelly impression, then she. I I can't do it in front of you, and it's. How on earth? Hang on a second. How on earth are we going to do a podcast with me on it or a video cast or whatever you call this? Right? Speak, reference the impression. Talk about how hot you got about it, and you don't do the impression. Yeah, do it. Talk about how much he likes toes. Do it. Please don't do that. Why? But why do I like toes, Emma? Why? That's the thing, Luke. Why do you do it? Put it into context, Luke. I don't know. Lynchy, come here to me. Why are you doing the impression? Sorry, I know it's not it's not great. Like, it's I'm, so from, I'm, I'm not from Cork. Great. I know, I know. But, here, but here's the thing, right? Uh, Miss Creed said that she did me an impression on me as well, so you do it. 
I literally can't. She just said oh, she was doing how it. How do you do it? How do I do it? All right, go on. Tony. Tony. One second. Sorry, I'm trying to get the name. Tony. Tony. Can you just say your name in like a promo? Tony Kelly. Tony Kelly. Tony Kelly. I fucking I love Toast Legit. Nah, I can't do it. <laughs> you, do you know what though, right? Worse, I no, I was actually going to say, right, the way she said Tony, at least she went Tony, like it's Tony. Tony yeah. that, right? At least that was a better effort than a Cork accent to Tony Kelly, who's clearly so insecure about everything and has to go, but why? But why? That's because you're Okay, you okay, said, then that means a few. You said, it was almost, I'm referencing what you said to Luke. But why does he do it, Luke? Why? And then you yes. came outside the door to me. You do it fresh to me. I want to hear it. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Can you do an impersonation of one of us or just a Cork person? Uh, I, did my Lee, I did my Lee Callan earlier on in the in the, in the oh, thing. Yeah, that was brilliant. That's, but I think everyone does uh, does a Lee Callan like it's um we've so so much ammunition. Yeah, like uh, I would you go out and tell the kids to get out, bud. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a heel. <laughs> I'm a heel. I can't do it like. My or when favorite, you, when you, uh, my no, favorite, my favorite quote is, is sorry, go on. Go on, sorry. No, no, go on, go on. All I was going to say was my favorite line he's ever done is when he worked a match that show that I went and came back for one show and he came back through the curtain and Justy tells his story always and he looked over at Justy and he had that sleeveless top <laughs> and his belly was hanging out of it and he goes, well, Justy, what do you reckon? Like Ric Flair? Yeah. I was going to reference the same impression because Justy doesn't do a very good Lee impression, but he does a funny Cork impression. Justy, do I look like a Ric Flair, don't I? Ric Flair. I should I should uh, work on my on my on my bedlam impression actually. I think that would be a that would be interesting and a, a, a welcome turning of the tables. <laughs> it's once you know Tony, it's 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 done out. It's not it's not it's not anything that we only love. William, William. 